to take control of the airwaves. You can talk about whatever is important to you. 603-283-6160 if you would like to do that. Again, that number is 603-283-6160. And with you in the studio tonight, it's Aria, Nikki, and Bonnie. And coming up, we've had a story about contraceptive for quite a while. I think going back uh, one week, maybe... Two weeks, I'm not exactly sure, but Bonnie, you've had that story, and I've been wanting to talk about it because it's all about women ceasing to take birth control, and I have a story that's been floating around for a for years, really, about male contraceptives. It's in the headlines again. Now, I first heard about this male contraceptive. I can almost remember, I don't remember the date, but I can remember what I was doing. I was a kid, right? I was maybe 12 or 13 years old. And I was sitting in my dad's vehicle outside of his workplace because I was, it's without, I don't know how to get, explain why I was there without getting into this very long story about it. Anyway, I worked there part time. And so in between tasks, I was sitting there in the car listening to Howard Stern, which is what I did early in the morning. Probably one of the reasons why I'm such a troll today. So thank you for that, Howard Stern. So anyway, one of the commercials came on about male birth control and it's, uh, talked about how it functioned by causing the tails to effectively fall off of the sperm, mm. which would prohibit them from swimming and, you know, would obviously keep them from doing what sperms try to do, causing pregnancies and, you know, all of that great stuff. And this was, you know, I was 12 or 13 years old then. I couldn't have been older than 14. And that was a really long time ago. And yet we're still, there, there is still no male birth control in the world. Yeah, I'm very surprised that that hasn't been developed yet. I mean, aside from a vasectomy and, you know, obviously using condoms, there's not really many choices that men have for birth control. I remember in 2016, uh, amongst the, like, feminist and anti-feminist YouTubers, they were talking about around that time, there was a trial for male birth control that was pretty uh, promising, but everybody that participated in the trial, it was, like hurting them and made them some of them infertile. It's just like... I, I mean, know. that happens to women, though, with birth yeah. control. I mean, hormonal yeah, but birth don't control... Just kick ap- it out because it happens to women, too. You know, it's like they should just get rid of both of them, you know? Or develop them. In a, I, there just has to be a better option. And, I mean, with women, it's definitely possible to track your cycle, but we're just... I remember when I That's was... That's not foolproof, though. Well, no, I, but I if assume you, you do mean it, tracking your cycle as a way of saying, hey, this is one of the days where it's easiest for me to get pregnant. Well, your women are only fertile like three days out of the week. And that's for like women in their early 20s. Once you get up to like 30s, 40s, women are really only like they don't even have eggs that are viable every single month. OK, so I did, I, it's, I did and like you that. said, it's it's not foolproof. Right. You definitely have to know what you're doing. There's a lot of science that goes behind it. There's a lot of different things that you have to monitor and look out for. And there's, you know, more effective ways to do it and less effective ways to do it. Um, I've certainly am not as knowledgeable on the subject as one would probably like, but it's backwards. Right. The whole concept of birth control is backwards. Women can only carry one baby at a time and when they're and when they're pregnant they're pregnant for the next six months right but men 
can impregnate multiple women a day yeah. if they had the options available to do that. And it's like, if we, one of these two types of people needs to be on birth control. And it's either the one who can only get pregnant once every nine months, or it's the one who could impregnate nine people a day. And logic would dictate that the one that we should be focusing on birth control for, the one that we should be developing birth control for, is the one that can get multiple people pregnant at a time. That would make sense, wouldn't it? It, it would. And I think that's sort of, I think that is one of the biggest pieces of evidence that we, that we do, in fact, live in a male-dominated society. Absolutely. Where, like, it makes the most sense for men to have to take this pill every single day instead of women. But birth control was instead designed for women. Maybe it's easier. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. I just know logically it seems to be backwards. We got that coming up. Also, balloons. Uh, Bonnie, this is a tower defense game that hmm. you told me about uh, several weeks ago, I think it was, and I've never actually played it. Hmm. But I do love tower defense, right? Yep. And so does the American government, apparently, because we're being attacked by balloons. Hmm. Or there, there's something going on. I don't exactly know, right? First... I didn't even hear about the balloon thing until people on, on Facebook started talking about it, right? That, that's the extent of my knowledge about it. But then there's other stuff going on that's harder to ignore. Like uh, there were yesterday, there were several articles on Dredge Report, maybe it was the day before, of China was accusing the United States of doing something similar. Some American uh, Navy pilots, I think they were, had intercepted something else in the sky, and this was messing with their sensors. Of course, people are saying, oh, it's Project Blue Beam or Operation Blue Beam or whatever, which was supposed to be this plan by the American government to fake an alien invasion. And it, it's just, what's going on? Do either of you have an a hypothesis? I My hypothesis is that it's a distraction. It's just like... There's so much crap going on right now. Like, I honestly, this is probably controversial among like libertarians and conservatives listening, but I don't care that much about the Epstein client list, but that's going to be coming out soon, apparently. They're going to release that. And it's like, nobody's talking about that because they're like, well, balloon in the sky, balloon in the sky, balloon with like one piece of metal and one balloon. What a big deal. Like, China's going to take over now. You it, said Epstein client list. So presumably, this is like a list of people that were visiting Epstein's island and having sex with people who were under 18, presumably. Who knows that if it is like, oh, the list of people that had sex with somebody or just visited the island. I don't know. But well, something about that is going to come out soon. It's, like I said, I don't care that much about it. But why would else would anyone visit the island? You don't yeah, care about it. I really don't. Uh, from what I I've mean, seen, the youngest person was supposedly 11. And that's like way too young, obviously. But it's the only one person and everybody else was 16 and it's just like okay like you didn't know what was going on oh you you're gonna get uh to live on this island and get everything paid for and he doesn't want anything from you like, i don't know it definitely seems sketchy if if there's like babies and those, stuff i would like to know i don't know for a fact but i think those girls were definitely manipulated and well they I, kept it's just, going it's back. creepy manipulation it's, isn't always rape it's like you can be manipulated. I didn't say it was rape. I just said it was creepy and definitely sketchy. I'm just saying it's uh, it, that since that's the big deal uh, in this in this case, it's like people were raped. It's like were they were you 17 and not smart enough to realize that Jeffrey Epstein didn't just think you were cool and wanted to pay for your luxurious lifestyle and let you m let you become a model? 
I don't know. I, I, I just I don't care that much. I just really don't care. I mean, I think there are a lot more important things to worry about. I mean, they're trying to poison our food. They're trying to poison the water. And by their... I, I don't even know who. I'm assuming maybe the U.S. government. Who knows? But... There's the whole egg thing where the chicken feed was causing people's chickens to not lay eggs. And then all of a sudden, when they switch up the feed, their chickens start laying eggs again. Mm. There's all of these hazmat spills. There's the Ohio thing. And that's the next thing I was going to bring up. It's like the Ohio thing happened. I didn't even hear one thing about it until two days after their government exploded the thing. It's like that was so covered up. And they were like arresting people uh, who were going to you know, report on it. It's so obviously covered up. And that's in the midst of all this balloon and, oh, something we didn't identify was... They've shot down things they didn't identify all the time, like in the last several decades. And you never hear about it. You never hear about it. It's not like uh, top news, you know? And there's been three other hazmat spills since then. I don't know if maybe that happens all the time, that, you know, trucks tip over and then, you know, there's... Well, if it's happening all the time, that's something else that we need to like look into as a society, right? Like, why are we regularly pouring hazardous materials into the atmosphere? Absolutely, or into the environment. Like, why? Are, and that's what I thought about the Ohio thing. Why are we even creating these chemicals that can kill us? Is plastic and all of this other stuff, or whatever they're u- using these things to make, is it that important? Why well, some can't of it we probably use, is. I mean, but why can't we use more sustainable sources like wood and glass and ceramic? You know, I, there's just, we're so based in plastics and all of these things. And speaking of, you know, hormonal. Well, it's big oil, right? Isn't oil like a key ingredient in the manufacture of plastic? Yeah. I actually didn't even know that. I but, don't know if but, it is in this thing that's spilled in Ohio that makes PVC, but I would think so since most plastic is made from petroleum. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that yeah. uh, PPC is also. Now, I don't even know the chemical that spilled in Ohio, right? I didn't um, hear anything about this until... It's vinyl chloride. Right. Yes, it's vinyl chloride. I didn't hear anything at all about this until Bonnie mentioned it offhanded to yeah. me a, a few nights ago. And, and I it happened, I think, on the 2nd. Yeah. And no one was really... I mean, it didn't really hit mainstream news until like a few days ago. It still hasn't hit mainstream news. Like, part of what I do, right is monitor the news so yeah. we have stuff to talk about on free talk live and so that i have stuff to talk about you know and not, not so much these days but on my blogs and stuff like that and i hadn't heard anything about this we're, yeah. we're almost two weeks into it and the only reason i'm even aware of it is because bonnie mentioned it offhandedly to me i only saw it because this girl that i follow on twitter who isn't even like a political person just posted a thread and was like everyone needs to know about this in I clicked on it with somebody from Ohio, like, this is going on. This is what happened. And they're arresting people who want to report on it. And I was completely shocked. I was like, whoa, this must have just happened. Wait, what? He posted this two days ago. Yeah. And when you see some of the the pictures and the videos and stuff like this is, this could be bad. It- I thought it was a nuclear bomb. It literally looks like a mushroom cloud. It looks like they blew something up. It, it looks... Um- apocalyptic yes absolutely well they did blow something up that's what's bad about it. it's like yeah it was going to be bad no matter what when the train crashed because the stuff boils at nine degrees fahrenheit it's gonna get you know but yeah i guess their decision was okay we're gonna do a quote controlled burn so they blew it up and when this thing uh catches on fire what it turns into I'm not going to remember the word right now. It's hydrogen something. And that that connects to water molecules. So that's mm-hmm. in the, all in the air. And it causes cancer. Yeah. 
I, I just don't know why that was the ideal solution. It seems like well, either this is a way. They're probably not brilliant. So either they, whoever made this decision is really, really stupid and didn't actually think about what they were doing and made a rushed decision without fully researching and thinking about this, or they're trying to make people really, really sick. Either they're dumb or they're malicious. There's no other option. And we're going to explore those uh, possibilities and talk more about the Ohio thing. But first, let's go to the phones. We have Ricky on the line from the state of Pennsylvania. Ricky, you're on Free Talk Live. That would be the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania there, Sister Aria. Oh. I, I didn't know if you did that on purpose. <laughs> I thought it was. That's all right. People do it. It's a, it's a common mistake, you know. Is it a mistake or is it just you being pedantic? Like, it's a mistake if you okay. want, we'll discuss it one night. But I have something much more interesting now that I heard you ladies talking. Sure, go ahead. Well, I heard you talking about this whole issue between men and women in birth control. And here's where I see it. You know, I've always, you know, I've always been a man. I don't particularly like men. One of these nights I'm going to get into that. I don't like guys. Girls I like. I don't really like guys. One day I'm going to get into that. I think that's a fairly common sentiment among straight dudes. No, I mean, I don't like guys at all, period. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's a common sentiment among straight dudes, right? No, I mean, I don't like guys as really as friends or associates. I don't like I don't know how general. else to say that that's a pretty common know. sentiment I wouldn't among say it's common. Dudes. Like, most guys, like, they only care about what other guys say. They literally hardly hear the words that come out of my mouth and start talking above me. It's like, every guy that's on this show, literally, I'll be saying something to them, and then they'll start talking to each other as if I'm literally not talking. Like, they're just... Well, that don't surprise me there, Miss Sister And Bobby. anywhere I've ever worked, it's like that. It's like, okay, I'll walk away now. Yeah, I actually tend to agree with that. I, I feel like guys just usually respect each other more than they respect women, whether it that's... I don't have any respect for guys really whatsoever. The first time but I really felt story. like a woman, Bonnie, was at uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival, where like there were five of us sitting around one night having conversation. This tends to happen at Porkfest. And like I said something, and... Uh, I think it was Mikey the Jew. I call him Mikey the Jew because he calls himself Mikey the Jew, right? That's how we identify Mikey right. as this particular Mikey. Anyway, he he repeated back almost verbatim exactly what I had said, but he said it like it was his original yep. idea and like like it was creative and no one had ever heard it before. And like it was literally what I had just said and everyone reacted to his saying it as though it was this new fresh thing and i realized that no they hadn't heard no. what i said yeah. and he may have heard what i said but he didn't even register it it just went went into his head and then came out and he didn't even oh recognize that it wasn't his idea exactly and that happens all the time it's well, frustrating could, it is absolutely if i could sister or i'd like to chime on this whole men and women birth control thing if i may yeah i guess so I find okay. the cons I find the battle of the sexes to be a more interesting topic, but go ahead. Well, I'll get into that another night. I got a lot more to say about that, but this issue is pretty simple the way I see it. You see, here's where it comes down to. See, I that's why it's not an interesting topic to me. It's it's simple, right? Yeah, well, it's gonna I'm gonna make it simple. Uh, I put the preponderance on the male, and here's the reason why. And I got to keep this clean for the radio. I got two answers for this, for this reasoning, because I'm not a person that believes in what they call accidents. 
Now, yes, you do have males that do have issues and have lack of control, but that aside, what you do have, and this has been my experience, because I'm going to keep this clean. When you have a man and a woman, and they're having sexual intercourse, a man can do what he needs to do to take care of that. He can take, I don't know how I put this, he can, uh, I guess I can say the word pull out. That's allowed on radio, isn't it? Probably yeah. not again. I don't know. Okay, great. He can do that. And you know what? You're not going to have a baby. Right. But here's what happens. I mean, there are many ways to... I don't to... care. I've heard of guys impregnating tons of women. I think a lot of it's on an ego trip. Well, I'll and that's honest. not even... Well, I mean, that's not even a foolproof, right? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's not... I mean, if you're relying on that, you're going to have a kid sooner rather than later. That, that's a terrible well, thing I to mean, rely I think on. It depends on how much control you have as an individual. There are a lot of guys who don't have control. I mean, and then when it no, goes no, down, it has nothing to do with control. It has to do with biology and the way these organs actually function. Uh, and we can't get into it too much on the air, but I know that's unfortunate. Yeah, but that's the way it works. I well, mean, put it simply, it, it doesn't. Everything that causes impregnation doesn't just come out at once, and that's the end of it. But I do believe guys don't care. I mean, I really don't think they care about it at all. I, I think you know, I, I think, think you're onto something thing. because it, it kind of brought up. I wanted to say something. I just couldn't bring it into words. Basically, what I wanted to say is, I would rather if being if I was a single woman, which I've been before, obviously, I'd rather be in control of the birth control than just. Oh, anybody that I have sex with is the one in control, and I'm just like, did you take your birth control today? Like, uh, that must be a weird feeling for men too. But if if they cared so much about it, they could get their own, and we could both be on birth control. But personally, as the person who could get pregnant, I'd rather be on birth control slash the one in control of that than I mean, let the man. It does seem like there's a little bit more of a risk for women since they are oh, like, I, totally I mean, you can that. have an abortion, but more or less women are stuck with that decision. Yeah. But I know a lot of men who are terrified of getting a woman, pre- you know, and it's like things happen, condoms break, you know, whatever accidents happen. Bonnie, you make but- a really good point about the, the trust aspect of it. Uh, I was, I wasn't even involved with this call. It was just, it was just a one night stand. And, she purported to yeah, be. I only had one of those myself. She purported to be on birth control, and she she wanted me to finish inside of her, right? And I was like, "No, I, I'm not doing that." Yeah. And she's like, "No, it's fine. I'm on birth control." I'm like, "I'm not rolling those dice for this. I I don't know you." Yeah, that's like a that. lifetime <laughs> thing. Right? Yeah, and it's very risky, and I wouldn't. And like, she must have had some kind of. I don't know. To me, it seems like she had some kind of ulterior motives. Like, I just yeah, want this. Yeah, it's a little this. sketchy. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's I guess it can be like a- exhilarating for some people. Yeah. It's fetishized for some people, I guess. But, you know, it, it's not a risk that I would want to take. So there's certainly, I, I could certainly understand why, especially as you point out, as the woman, you would want to be in control of this. You wouldn't have to rely. You don't want to have to trust the guy's judgment because, I mean, let's be honest, Men, people in general, I almost right said men don't, men to be dominant. Pe- people in general don't have the best ability to make good judgments. Plus, it's, it's, not it like I would, it's not like I would think like, oh, anybody who wants to, is interested in me, wants to get me pregnant. But just the fact that they could have just mistaken and I just would rather be in control of that. They could just yeah. be like, oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I did take my male birth control today. 
and they didn't. And I don't know. I think that women are more detail oriented and know when they did it and care more about stuff like that. Yeah. I also know well, a lot of women that have gotten pregnant accidentally. So, I mean. Well, if I may chime something in quickly. I mean, I'm personally I'm 49 years old. I've been with my share of girls. But first of all, I generally try to make things work. I believe in getting, a, you know, either being asked out or asking a girl. And you have a steady girlfriend. I only had one white one night stand in my life. You know what I mean? And uh, she was very young. She was 19. I asked her, well, she was 19. Now, that's good enough for me because in PA age, you can send a 16, you know? But 19 is good enough for me. I mean, is this is this story relevant to anything, or are you just reliving your glory days? Well, I think what's important about that is men have a total lack of responsibility when it comes to women. Not only that, they have okay. So the story was completely unrelated. Got it? Oh, that's fine. They have a total disrespect for women. Uh, that's not true. That's misandrist as hell, man. I'm a guy. I know a lot of guys over the years. You know what? And I think. I just don't like generalizing and I really don't like the whole battle of the sexes thing. And, you know, girls are like this and guys are like that. And yeah, some stereotypes are absolutely true. There are a ton of guys who don't respect women, are misogynists and whatever. But I, I just wish don't... I could meet the guys that aren't like that. You know, I, I, I know don't a ton of guys that are like that. I wouldn't be marrying Matt if he was like that. I can tell you that much. Thank you so much for the call tonight, Ricky. Uh, Nikki. You know? Nikki, you make some really, really good points. I don't like the battle of the sexes. Like what Ricky no. was saying there, a lot of that was like really genuinely misandrist. And, yeah. and I don't like it. I do like the battle of the sexes in like the lighthearted joking. Yeah, like kind of on way. Ink Master. Or I don't know you, what that means. It's, it, it's just a, a TV show where they did a season where it was girls versus boys. Well, sure. And, you know, I like being able to poke fun at the various things that men do and the various things that women do. And, as a trans person, I'm in a pretty good position to like poke fun at all sides of this, I think, and to have you know fun poked at me. Mm-hmm. But to take it seriously like that and make these blanket statements like men don't respect women or whatever it was that Ricky said, that's just... I think it's dumb to ever say all X group does blank, but the stereotype is definitely valid in as much as lots of men don't respect women. Absolutely true. 603-283-6160 if you want to weigh on this. Coming up, this Ohio toxic poisonous rain cloud. Are we all going to die? It's Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, and you can join us 603-283-6160 if you would like to weigh in. That's 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. Nikki. And Bonnie. And I want to say, um, I actually don't want to say thank you to anyone at the moment, but I do want to let you know that, I don't know what I want to let you know about I guess I want to let you know about our TikTok. You can find it at tiktok.freetalklive.com. That's tiktok.freetalklive.com. There we have a number of short videos. They usually go about a minute, maybe two, three minutes is the longest. I think there may actually be a longer one, but 
I aim for like a minute, minute and a half, and I'm so behind on this because I'm busy, uh, I'm stressed out, all of this wonderful crap that, you know, is such a pleasure to be alive while having a, a federal sentencing hanging over you. So I haven't put as much effort into the TikTok as I would like, but we do have some videos there, and a lot of them are really entertaining. They're short, just takes a few minutes to watch them, and, you know, you can share it, and you can clip them, and you can make your own, you can do a duet, which is where you take our video and you sort of build off of it and create your own spinoff sort of video. You can do like that. Like reaction? Yeah. And we allow all of that because, duh, why wouldn't we? I mean, you can take our videos and upload them to your own TikTok without changing them and say they're yours if you want. We really don't care because we don't believe in intellectual property. Mm-hmm. So do whatever you want. But anyway, TikTok.freetalklive.com. Still, our most successful video is the quote-unquote drag queen video. Tremendously popular, something like 12,000-ish views. I mean, not... Not groundbreaking by any means, but it was a successful video, and it's really entertaining. Go check it out. That's TikTok.FreeTalkLive.com. It only takes a few minutes, and, you know, while you're there, go ahead and like us, follow us, like our videos, subscribe to our TikTok, all of that great stuff, and you know, maybe maybe help our TikTok channel grow and motivate me to do some more stuff because it's, it, it's something I'm interested in and it's something I like doing. But if only 100 people are following me, mm-hmm. then it's like, okay, I can make this for 100 people. But if I have 1,000 people, then I'm like, all right, I'm more motivated to do it. And 10,000, I'm even more motivated to do it. So check it out, tiktok.freetalklive.com. Inspire us to create more content for it or to clip content so far. Nothing has been created specifically for TikTok. I did create one video. That I, I'm just not sure what I want to do with it. And it's, it's, I, I don't know how to characterize it. It ended up being too long, so I didn't do anything with it. It wasn't, it wasn't as good as I would like it. But the idea is there for us to create videos that are just for TikTok. And, you know, maybe just for our Patreon and that sort of thing. So check it out, tiktok.freetalklive.com. We're doing and, all of that and more. And let us know if you want me and Ian to do a mukbang a mukbang? Now? Is that how you say it? Mukbang? I don't want to say mukbang. I thought it was a mukbang. And that's, this what, is, I, that's how I pronounce it, but... Yeah, I don't know. It's probably right. It just sounds weird if someone doesn't know what it is. So if you don't know what that is, it's where people eat on camera. That's basically it. A large quantity of food on camera, right? It's not just a... I mean, for the muk... As I understand mukbangs, it's a lot of food. I think that's the traditional way. But when I looked it up on the hashtag, there's lots of people that do... like. Their whole TikToks are just quote unquote mukbangs, and it's just like what they ordered, and they're like talking yeah. about the restaurant and eating what they ordered. It's nothing like some people. I mean, most people probably do these things where they have these giant trays and they're just eating as much as humanly possible. That's gross, and I hate watching those. Yeah. They're usually as ASMR too. I like the ones that are not ASMR. Yeah, the slurpy ones because that's another yeah. characteristic of the traditional mukbang videos where they make these really obnoxious slurping noises, which is personally one of my worst nightmares because I yeah. hate the sound of chewing. It makes me literally angry whenever I watch yeah. those ones with like the crunches and like the, the stuff getting all over their face. But yeah. for some reason, it's so fun to watch the regular ones where people are just yeah. like, this is what I got at lunch today. They have like their special stuff in their car for eating. Yeah, I, it's awesome. I, would, I could see how that could be cool. But the overeating, I'm kind of with Bonnie where... I don't want to walk. I don't really 
advocate for overeating, so yeah. I don't really want to like watch. I mean, you can overeat if you want. Yeah, but that part kind of grosses me out. I'm too. not gonna. It it gives me a stomach ache even like thinking about that. I mean, know? overeating in overeating in general is like gross and not good for yeah. you, and one shouldn't do it, right? It's yeah. usually like really gr- gross looking guys too that do the like overeating McDonald's Ew. ones, and Ugh. it's like I <laughs> hate seeing it. Right? Yeah, literally my worst nightmare. But I will say. While we're on the topic, sometimes I do like to watch my 600 pound life just because it's one of those like cringy, it's a TLC TV show, but it's just one of those like cringy reality TV shows. I have a friend who likes McDonald's and like, that's not too unusual for people to like McDonald's and to eat McDonald's, but like this, they eat McDonald's like once or twice a week, every week, no matter what. And I'm like, this, this is weird. Like. I, I'm not going to lie. One of my guilty pleasures is the McRib. It it used to be. Like two or three years ago, that was one of my guilty pleasures. If they had the McRib, I was going to order from McDonald's. And, I've never had it. And I would order more McRibs than one one is comfortable with. Right? Like <laughs> it's a limited time thing. They usually have them for like a month or whatever. And I would probably order once every three days. I was wondering why it's... I was literally thinking about this today because I made just regular ribs and I was like, why do they only have the McRib like a month at a time? Why is it that they can't just have it all the time? It's weird. Is, is it made of weird. some human part that they only sacrifice <laughs> those people once a year? I think it's because just to keep the prestige yeah, of, around it. it is. Like you said, you'll go and buy more because you know they're well, limited stock or whatever. Mate, that's probably it. And you know, to keep the to keep the prestige. If it was all year round, then it wouldn't be a special thing. I yeah. guess. I don't know. I'm not a marketing expert. I, I'm sure it's got something to do with marketing. Super weird. I I was just wondering it today because I can't think of any other thing that's like, oh, they only have it right now. They always got the Whopper. You know, well, I think King. I think some um, other fast foods do stuff like that. I can't think of any examples. Maybe but they're I'm just sure. not as famous. Oh, like the Shamrock Shake. Oh, yeah, that's from true. From McDonald's. There's oh, one. That's yeah. McDonald's, for some reason, I thought I that think was uh, Arby's. No, I, I think that's McDonald's, wrong. but uh, I think that's for St. Patrick's Day, right? I think so. So there's kind of more of a reason. Well, it's still just McDonald's, right? Just like the yeah. McRib. So yeah. is, is there another restaurant doing this, I guess, with my question. But... The McRib, it's disgusting. Uh, it is. I used to like it, but the last time the the McRib came around, I was the the previous time I was not overly impressed. I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know what I used to what I used to yeah. enjoy about these. It's okay, but it's not. I don't want to eat this as I don't want to eat this as much as I did. And then this most recent time, it was genuinely not good. I only ordered it twice. The first time was unimpressive. So I got it a second time to make sure that it wasn't just like a bad one that I happened to get. But no, they, the texture is not good. And the flavor is not good. And the barbecue sauce is, is good, but it's not worth it to hmm. eat this disgusting, yeah. overly bones? processed pork. That's another thing I wondered today. I was like, are there bones probably you have to not. spit out the bones? No, it's, it's, so it's boneless. Like, probably not even really ribs. No, it's, it's certainly prob- not. It's probably rib meat, I would guess. Just but like it's, repurposed into McRib looking yeah, stuff? Yeah, I mean, it's McDonald's, yeah. right? Just like your chicken nugget is, you know, 10,000 chickens emulsified and turned into a yeah, paste. Yeah, slime. Yeah. Another then- gross thing about the McNuggets is they take the chicken meat before they've even emulsified it or whatever, and it's sitting in these uh, 
wooden boxes and they just spray it with like this antimicrobial stuff, but it is not refrigerated when they ship it to China for processing because, oh, it's not going to... they don't have to. They they, sprayed it with Lysol or whatever, bleach. They technically don't have to, but that's so (laughs) gross. I can't even... That is gross. That ever again, just because of that. I mean, prior to refrigeration, they just put salt on things mm. to keep it yeah, quote, but that's, fresh. But that's different, though. Probably that's yeah. normal. Probably oh, couldn't ship it to that's China. Different. I mean, it, it's. I mean, it's like salting and like curing meat versus spraying it with some weird chemical <laughs> like bleach spray that or antimicrobial. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. But what I want to know is. Did the McRib change or did Aria change? That's a good question. And there's no way for me to know the answer, right? I I, I suspect Aria changed because I did quit smoking and yeah. that changed my taste buds significantly, mm. right? Like, Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. One of the things about smoking that you don't notice as a smoker is that you, you don't lose your sense of smell and taste. You mostly do. But you, mm. you don't completely lose it. You can still smell things. And you can still taste things. But uh, I used to like red wine. I used to drink a lot of red wine. I was never an alcoholic, but I drank a lot of it and I enjoyed it. And it was, I would have characterized it as good. Mm-hmm. But when I quit smoking, I found that I, I don't like it. I can't stand That's the so taste weird. of red wine. You know what? I That same thing kind of happened to me when I stopped smoking. But I just... I didn't put two and two together, but yeah. I wonder if there's something about that. And also drinking. When I drink, I want to have a cigarette or some sort of vape nicotine product. So it's almost hard for me to drink now because... Luckily, I don't endure that uh, because of the method I used to quit smoking. I used mm-hmm. Chantix, so yeah. I can drink just fine and not want a cigarette, thankfully. Well, that's nice. It, it is. But I, I suspect that is a lot of... It, that the issue for most people, right? Because that's what I did when I when yeah. I drank. And I mean, when I got off work, that's what I did. I would have a glass of wine and a cigarette and I would do that all night long until it was time for me to go to bed. I would play a video game, have some wine, smoke a cigarette. Play some video games, have a wine, have some wine, smoke a cigarette. And I would just do that from the time I got off work until the time I went to bed. So I was worried about quitting smoking what what am i what am i going to do am i going to continue drinking or am i going to even be able to drink it's like the best chaser ever the same thing happened to me when i quit smoking until drinking became insufferable for me so luckily i don't drink now so i never i never want a cigarette honestly but i basically completely quit for the last time because i quit a million times over a year ago now so i quit gone I pretty much quit drinking. I I still drink off and on. Like I go to the bar and I will have drinks at the bar. But like three years ago, I would regularly have glasses of wine after work, like almost every night. And I say I was never an alcoholic and that's true. I never had any sort of dependency and it never created any sort of problem. But I would drink a lot of wine. Like a box of wine would last me four to five days, which sounds bad, but a, a bottle of wine easily every single day. And mm-hmm. that's and I know a lot of people that drink that and then, I mean, that's kind of normalized, you know, have a few, because sure. a bottle of wine, that's a few glasses of wine, you yeah, know? It's not a whole lot. No, it's not it, a lot. It sounds like it must be a whole lot, but it's for that 750 milliliter bottle yeah, of wine. Yeah, it goes quick. Yeah, it's not a whole lot. Your average housewife drinks more than that. Yeah. And the box, the boxes of wine have like six, maybe seven bottles. It varies. But anyway, so I was drinking a lot, and I don't remember why I even got into all of that. 
But I, I put it down and it was just fine. And now I just don't like it. My taste changed. And mm-hmm. that was yeah, that was what I was getting at. Because of McRibs, yeah. Yes. And I just don't like McRibs anymore. I, I still love chocolate. And I still love a bunch of other things that I've always loved. But not the chocolate. I do miss having the menthol cigarette to chase my spicy food with. Oh. And in hindsight, I feel like that may have even been cheating. To, to eat the murder sauce from the Jamaican place here in Keene, which is made out of scotch bonnets, and it can be tremendously hot. And then smoke a Newport cigarette afterwards. Yeah. Which Wait, has, that cooled your mouth down? Yes. To me, it sounds like it would burn it, but I've never tried that. Well, the Newport is a menthol, and it's got that minty flavor, and it, it, I don't know if it worked or not, but hmm. it felt like it did. Maybe, if anything, I could believe that the menthol was it, but also I could... Totally believe that the smoke, like, messing with your taste buds, was it, like, dulling your taste buds or something? I don't know. That's interesting. It is. One of the curious things, I wish I had done this. Like, when I had COVID and I lost my sense of smell or taste, I've probably had COVID since, but I only lost my sense of smell or taste once, was I could still feel the sensation of heat, but I couldn't taste it. Yes, that happened to me, too, and it's such a strange thing. It is. I wish... I had made some videos of me like drinking bottles of hot sauce because hot sauce, I mean, it's kind of gross. It's just yeah. vinegar. It's yeah. spicy vinegar and it is not a good flavor. There, there are some good hot sauce flavors out there, but it's not something you would want to drink. On its own, yeah. Right. And, but I, and I can handle the spice of it just fine. So I really wish I had made some videos of me drinking hot sauce just, yeah. just, just, just for, for the wow well factor, you know? Right. Some of it just hurts my stomach. Um, nowadays, like the, yeah, the angry vinegar, sauce, yeah, the like high acidity. I I think it's just the harder ones hurt my stomach. Like the angry sauce from Little Zoe's, I used to always get that with our pizza, and we would dip it in there. And mm. now, even if I have a little bit, it hurts my stomach for the rest of the night. I wonder if the peppers themselves have like a high acidic value. They might. I have no idea what they use in that one. I I don't even mess with murder sauce. I haven't for like two years. Yeah, I don't blame you. I've calmed down a lot on the spicy food that I eat. I still eat a lot of spicy food, right? And I'm not cutting, consciously cutting it out or anything like that. But I find that it's not as pleasurable as it used to be. And I don't so, know why that um, happened for me, too. It was yeah. literally August of 2021. I was just like, me and Ian used to always eat super, super spicy stuff, like the spicier, the better. And it was just like, I was like, it's too hot. I don't want hot stuff in my body. And I never went back. Like, I still right. eat lots of hot stuff. I put, like, you know, the hotter version of Valentina on my eggs. And I try to make my food spicy with spices when I cook cook it. But I just don't go crazy anymore. I've never had hot sauce on my eggs. That sounds like a oh, really, really good, good idea. I love yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Just like I used to use, like, Tabasco. Mm. Tabasco is good on it too. Normally, I don't like Tabasco, but on eggs specifically, it's good. So let me see if I can find what we actually want to talk about because it's the it's the Ohio thing, and I don't exactly know. I, I, I couldn't find it because it was the the tab was pulled up as Bloons TD six, the tower defense game that we were talking about. Wait, so what I forgot to ask was that article actually have anything to do with Bloons tower defense? No, I just brought it up. Oh, okay. Because America seems to be playing. Bloons tower defense by shooting down balloons or you know whatever it is that are in the sky, and I wonder if they used a big giant dart like in balloons. <laughs> it's been curious watching all of this develop, right? Because 
The a number of years ago, the Pentagon, the American government, began apparently admitting the existence of unidentified flying objects, uh, unidentified aerial phenomenon. I think it's the official term that they're using now. UAPs. I think they changed it again more recently, and it's duh. Right. It's like we have always known we the people or me as an individual, at the very least, I've always known there was stuff in the sky that the American government couldn't plan and wasn't couldn't explain and wasn't responsible for. And these these sightings go back thousands of years in, in religious texts. And if you were an ancient person trying to describe a flying object, what a flying chariot would be the way that one would yeah. use to oh, characterize yeah. That's a, a, good point a plane. For that in the Bible, like I know lots of like the Mexican uh, natives, they called it like a, a ship. Like they had right. ships, but they they quote uh, you know described it as a ship, but like floating in the sky. Maybe they didn't have ships. Ships. Maybe they said it had boats. LRN.FM. I'm going to dump it. I'm, I think that hey. was still within six seconds, but I'm I didn't catch it. And that. I don't think you actually said anything that was bad, I literally but... just misspoke trying to say like a boat slash ship. Yeah, these things happen. And, and I don't think I'm not that was. That. Yeah, I don't think that was a big deal. And I don't I'm not even convinced <laughs> that it happened. But anyway, yes. I. How would you describe something beyond your understanding? You wouldn't say, oh, well, the, a vessel, right? What is a chariot to these people? It's a vehicle that a person is in that, you know, takes them from point A to point B. And then they describe these these chariots in the sky and yeah. this obviously some sort of vessel. So I don't know. And then you have things like the, the Great Pyramid, which it's true that humans have the technology and the means and the ability to build the Great Pyramids today. One of the things that irks me so much about these conspiracy theorists were these history revisionist whatever you would call them is this notion that oh we we couldn't in, we could not invent the pyramids today or we couldn't build the pyramids we we don't have the means of technology it's like we do we just don't care to i've never yeah. heard that specifically it's more that from the way that those ancient people are described they shouldn't have had the technology and there's also some things that we w- w- are not able to do today like in peru there are these walls that are put together so closely that you couldn't put a human hair into. And the only way that it could possibly be done because these things are not um, um, moldable, these are stones, would be if the stones were moldable. And nobody understands how they did it. And humans cannot recreate it today. They're they're giant stones weighing, you know, 20, 50 tons, right? Maybe. Well, some of them are. Like the ones that I'm thinking of at the Great Pyramid. And I, I... I think humans could build them today using lasers and we could chisel them and use cranes to put them in place and stuff like that. I I tend to think that there's nothing, none of these structures that humans couldn't build today, but it's a matter of desire and Mm -hmm. money. Like we don't have the tens of trillions of dollars that we would want to spend on building it. We could, but we don't have that kind of money. And I think a lot of times since a lot of those ancient civilizations are a little bit more primitive they a lot of people today think that these people were stupid or unable to do so you know just cuz you're painting on caves that you know they had to actually yeah. a lot of 
um, pretty intricate things that they didn't. I mean, they had sewage. They had um, what is the irrigation systems? You know, they had they had a lot of things that I wouldn't consider to be necessarily primitive. And I think nowadays we're kind of straying a little too far away from that. You know, like we were talking Mm. about before with the plastics, there's microplastics in our water there. You know, a lot of people are on all of these different pharmaceuticals and medications and people are eating fast food and diets that are making them very sick. So are we going too far in the wrong direction? Maybe ancient civilizations had it right. Yeah, like... My two friends got in a fight about this once because my one friend, he's like born in Mexico and his family's from there. My other friend is just American in Texas. And my Mexican friend was like, I wish that we had buildings and houses like the ones in Mexico because they're just better. They're all made of stone and they're all just like nicer because of that. And the other one, the American one was like, well, you're dumb because the reason that ours are like uh, more you know, made of stuff that maybe breaks easier and stuff like that is because Mexicans don't have the infrastructure to have these like uh, factories and stuff where we can pump out cheap stuff and get stuff that can constantly be fixed if it needs to because we just have so much more money. And when I was thinking about that, I was like... I didn't I didn't ma- follow that. Well, like the reason we can have like PVC pipes or maybe... I'm not saying... I, I don't know for sure that Mexicans don't have PVC pipes, but it, if there's like a more expensive but more reliable way to do it, then, yeah, they have that in Mexico, but they don't have the means to get the really cheap stuff to move on because they don't have the factories and infrastructure we have. And not that he's sure. wrong, but it's just like, is that really better? I don't yeah, know if it's really better. Yeah, to me, really that's a better. very strange argument. Like, if I was trying to argue why our buildings in America were better, that would not be the reason, you know? And I wouldn't even be able to because I think a lot of the buildings in Central America and Mexico, they're beautiful. Yeah. And they seem to be a lot higher quality. And, you know, when you walk around a house and, and I'm not saying every house, you know, there are in a lot of cities and different places in Mexico, obviously their houses kind of look very similar to ours. But in some of the places that I visited in Gu- Guatemala, I mean, the tile on the floor, like Everything was a work of art, and it was all very intentionally placed, where a lot of these houses they're throwing up are just thrown together, you know? Right, like co- cookie-cutter houses. Yeah. there. So there's certainly a lot of weird stuff going on in world history, and, I, you know, I, I don't have the answers. No one has the answers, and I think it's arrogant and pretentious and misguided at best to assume that humans did all of these things and... We don't know why, but it's not, it's not amazing. I, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like the the Sphinx is a terrific example, and it's it's this beautiful, wondrous thing, and no one really knows why it was invented. It's this massive monument, and you have these massive monuments all around the globe, like the, the Moai statues on Easter Island. And why do these things exist? I don't know. But what does that have to do with Ohio? I don't remember now. I don't remember how any of this had anything to do. They have the mound builders there with their crazy mound, quote-unquote, grave sites. Yeah, there was something I was getting at. I don't remember what it was. 603-283-6160.
Free Talk Live, and you are invited to join us, 603-283-6160. If you would like to do that, that's 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria, Nikki, and Bonnie. And I have no idea. I do remember how I got into the subject of the pyramids and all that sort of stuff, because it, it sort of goes hand in hand. The This idea, the... The basic idea, I think, from these people is that, you know, aliens built the Great Pyramid or whatever, and they allege that humans don't have the technology or the means or the ability to build these things today, and that's just fundamentally not true. I think that's the dumbest of those, we couldn't build them in the fast things. I think that that is definitely taking, you know, making people seem stupider than they are. I think that... It's just the fact that people knew different things back then. People definitely believe that, though. I've certainly heard yeah, the yeah. argument oh, yeah. from people that, you know, we, we couldn't build the Great Pyramid today. It's like, we could. We could, though, yeah. We just, it's, it would cost trillions of dollars. But that doesn't prove that aliens had to do it. That just meant that the people back then knew things that we don't know now. It's just so ignorant that people think right now is the pinnacle of knowledge. We've never known more than this. It's only built on top of each other. Like, that's so silly. Knowledge can be lost. I mean, the freaking... Also true, but I, I tend to think that the knowledge on how to build the pyramid wouldn't have gotten lost anyway. Like, we know how to stack rocks on top of each other. and But I, we don't know how they did it. Well... Because with the we, technology we sort of they do. had, they didn't have it. Well, the, they were they were artisans, right? They, they were skilled at carving rocks. But why would... It, they would have to be a reason that would actually help these people's lives i don't know as much about specifically egypt it's just been something that doesn't interest me as much but I, like peru these people were like hunter gatherers they weren't like and, and then they just started making cities and they didn't have time to sit around building a rock for no reason and worship that's not a good enough reason to me like people aren't dying just to build a wall to worship their gods like i think these things did things we just don't understand now Wait, so do you think they made it or it was aliens? I think they probably made but, it. Oh, and but they it was for a specific reason? Yeah, and they okay. understood things that we don't understand now. Like, yeah. how did they get these rocks to become movable mm-hmm. in a way that isn't just, like, I don't even know what they say that, that they did in, like, Peru, but there's no way that they did it without, you know, like, the machines we have now. Like, yes, we could uh, do some of these things today, but they didn't have cranes. Yeah, and I mean, but even just look at all of the other knowledge that has already been lost that we know of, like herbal medicine, a lot of that knowledge has been lost because it's been replaced with pharmaceuticals and modern medicine. Oh, that's the pinnacle of knowledge, right? Well, and I mean, there absolutely is a place for modern medicine and pharmaceuticals, but that isn't the end-all be-all, and I think there needs to be a balance, so it's like throwing... You know, just throwing everything away just because we have this new technology. So just for example, like that's one thing. And I'm sure there's a ton of other knowledge that has been. I mean, they're not even teaching kids cursive in school anymore. So that's going to be knowledge that's going to be lost in like 100 years. You know, just stuff like that. I'm, I, I believe humans could have like the Great Pyramid. Let's just stick with that one because it's easier. But like, you know, it, it is these massive blocks. Some of them weighing like up to 70 tons that are stacked on top of one another and they're shaped perfectly and you can't get a human hair between them, you know, and they were done using chisels and hammers. 
I, I, I believe that could be done, right? There, there's nothing in and of itself that I find impossible about that. Uh, it's just like there are people that spend their whole lives researching it, specifically Egypt. Like I said, I don't really care about Egypt for whatever reason. Like well, when I was any younger, of them, if we if we wanted to talk but, about, but the, are you just guessing? Because Chichen I'm not Itza. just guessing. No, like, I've the, watched a tons of documentaries well, about these exact subjects, and I it could be done. There are definitely places that. Today, there is no technology to do what that has been done. All they needed was chisels and hammers. Not for these things that I'm talking about, like in Peru, in Caracas, Peru, the walls that are made of things, not just like the pyramids that just got put next to each other. These go into each other in ways that just they weren't they weren't just going to find this rock perfectly fits this one. No, they were chiseled to be those shapes. Chiseled. These people have looked into it. These archaeologists who know what those things, the telltale signs of those things are like, we can't explain this. Well, I've looked into this as well, and I've seen different things. So I, There's probably some that can be explained by chiseling, but not some of them also. I haven't seen any that couldn't be explained, but there's maybe a lot out there. Maybe you should read L.A. Marzulli's books. I mean, maybe you should watch The Pyramid Code. I'm not talking about pyramids. I specifically said that. But they're, they all use the same sort of building principles, though. But they don't. The, the, I mean, the pyramids do. specifically don't. They're like I'm, straight edges. I mean, this is a classic example of no, things they, that we're just never going to actually know for a 100% fact because there's no way we can go back thousands of years in time and watch the pyramids be made. You know, Certainly. so it's like everybody just has their theories on things. You know, one archaeologist says this, one um, historian says this, but who actually knows? Yeah, absolutely. But I do know what you're talking about. It's like the bo- blocks that are, they're not T-shaped, but they're they are oddly shaped, right? They're and, all different shapes. Yes. And they, they, they can mirror each other where you have like this win 18-sided shape on this side, and then on the other side, it's the exact opposite of that, and it's like, it was designed that way. They're not even geometric. They're geometric. They're not just lines that went into each other. They're like blobs. Blobs? What do you mean? Like, they're not geometric. They're not... What do you mean geometric? They're not straight edges, like, that you would get with a chisel. They're like something like, if something was made of clay and squished together, that's what it would look like, but these types of rocks are not things that can be made out of clay. They're like one type of rock, like a limestone. You can't make limestone moldable, but that's what it appears happened. Well, I'll have to look at these in particular. But anyway, there there are examples of these, and it makes them earthquake-proof, right? And it's amazing, and I'm I'm not willing to say the humans can't do it. And again, I don't know about that particular example. I'm not claiming to, but the ones that I've seen... I believe humans could do it, but it requires a motivation that, again, I agree with you entirely on this. I don't buy it was for worship purposes or it was for religious purposes. To me, that that rings a bit hollow. Yeah. Right? And like all over the world, like everybody in the world was doing these huge megalithic things just for worship purposes and it didn't do anything else. Like to me, my theory is definitely just a theory that had something to do with like an electric grid or something it did something electric for them because that would explain a lot a lot of other things they were able to do in lots of pictures on like uh hieroglyphs and things like that where they had pictures of stuff that looked like electricity and it's like they didn't have electricity we don't know that because we weren't there okay so you're saying they maybe used it as a form of like electricity or a way to generate electricity generate it from the ground or whatever I've also heard, and I don't, I don't know this for one hundred percent fact, but I've heard the theory that a lot of churches, like really not new churches, like 
really old churches and cathedrals, the pyramids, all these sort of religious statues and buildings that were used for worship were all created on very strong energy points on the earth. So that kind of goes with the electricity theory a little bit. I wish I remembered where I heard this, but it was on some documentary. The Great Pyramid, I believe, it's supposed to be, and I I don't remember the exact terminology used, but it's supposed to be on like, I think they called it the geodesic center of the earth or something like that. Uh, It's a very specific placement that was not an accident. And And not to mention the way that it lines up with the stars and does do these certain things on certain days that like, I'm not saying humans couldn't figure it out nowadays, but why would humans who are like, God, I'm just trying to survive care enough to set it up. Yeah, it had to be something very important. Man, I hope God appreciates this. Like, it's like, I don't believe that. Well, even think of like the ancient Greeks, they would go out of their way to worship a lot of gods because for them, that was do or die. If they were having, you know, a weak harvest or if there was a drought, they would go completely, if they really, really believed that, you know, doing whatever sacrifice or building whatever structure would give them water and food. I mean, yeah, they would, if they truly believed that, they would go out of their way to do whatever. Maybe, but I don't know. Not to the extent they would build like the Great Pyramid or the Sphinx or Chichen Itza or some of these other things. The only reason I could see they would do that and be religious is if it it mixed like science and religion together. Like if there's a way that the pyramid was somehow generating crops for them, like if it was changing the atmosphere to where their crops were more plentiful and... I could totally see that. Like maybe they were religiously um, influenced to build them, and then they actually did things. Like some people used to call them um, the pyramids. They used to call them like garden something. Like they would make the garden. Like so, I could totally see that they generated the things needed for them to be able to like grow things in the desert. I also, I guess, I don't understand why we would assume that they weren't abundant. You know what I mean? Like why they were just like all like either poor or just really struggling for, I, I don't know. Like, well, they certainly didn't have the abundance that we do now, right? And, and but I do suspect people have abundance why. right now? Because well, yeah, both parents have to work uh, full time. People can't afford child care. Yeah, there are I people mean, homeless, time, starving. Full time employment is 40 hours a week, right? Yeah. In, in order to survive back then, one had to work like. 12 hours a day every day. Yeah. So, I mean, there's certain, and if we were to work 12 hours a day every single day, we, there would certainly, we, you wouldn't need both of your parents doing that in order to survive or to be wealthy. It probably just looked so different. Like, your mom would be at home working all day on the, the food that was going to be eaten that night, slash, like, for the week and stuff. Yeah. It'd be a job, technically, but. But on the subject of some of the of the stars and things like that, it, it's remarkable how much effort and science and mathematics went into some of this. And like the Great Pyramid, it's an eight sided pyramid. And most people don't know this. Like this is an extremely rare fact. But the Great Pyramid has eight sides to it. And it's so subtle. It's so slight that it's only visible yeah. twice each year and that's during the equinox or the solstice i don't remember now exactly which one but it it's one of them and only then do are the shadows split in such a way where you can clearly see that it's an eight-sided pyramid 
And what the archaeologists put forward about this on the subject of archaeologists and the fact that we can't trust them, I think that's what you were alluding to previously. Or we can't oh, yeah, trust I don't think you them. can trust the mainstream ones. Yeah. They're like, well, it was because the Great Pyramid, it used to have these marble stones around it, which is true, these casing stones. And when they took those down, it just so happened to break the Great Pyramid such that it was evenly divided into these eight sides that is only visible, perfectly visible during the solstice. Is it eight it, sides it, and a bottom or yes. eight total, including the well, bottom? Yes, I- including the bottom. So, I mean, it's mm. nine sides if you include the bottom. Oh, okay. But, but their argument is that it's a coincidence. It just yeah. so happened when they took the outer stones off that it perfectly symmetrically split yeah, I doubt into that. an eight side. It's complete nonsense. It's Im- Yeah, it's impossible. And wouldn't there be like cracks like that were obviously like that it broke? Well, that's what they're saying is that the eight-sidedness of is it the cracks. Are, are the cracks. But yeah, like, what are the odds that the cracks would be completely, perfectly even to create this eight-sided pyramid? That is and only line up with visible. the equinox, yeah. 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 For this brief period. Yeah, like that's not a mistake. A no. And never mind the fact that the Great Pyramid is aligned with Magnetic North to a higher degree of accuracy that the the United States White House is also aligned to the Magnetic North. I think it's to the I think it's a 25th of a degree off from Magnetic North, whereas the Great Pyramid is point zero five of a degree. So it's more accurate. The Great Pyramid is more closely aligned with Magnetic North. Then the White House is the White House, which was built, you know, 200 years ago or whatever. Yeah, I don't think that was an accident either. No, and the that's ma- like some Freemason Illuminati stuff. And the, the knowledge of magnets didn't even exist yeah. in 3000 BCE or whenever the Great Pyramids were supposed to have been built. Right. Mm-hmm. So how did these people without the technology of magnets, with no understanding of magnetism or North and South Poles, how did they Align the Great Pyramid with greater accuracy than they did in the 18th century to Magnetic North. And when you ask Egyptologists and archaeologists these questions, they go, oh, it's just a coincidence. It's just a coincidence. And that's the thing. I don't, and I've said this on the show before, I don't believe in coincidence. I don't. Well, I don't believe that's a coincidence. I believe coincidence could happen. Yeah, but but when it comes, yeah. When when a historian slash archaeologist is telling me something is a coincidence, I'm always like, you're lying. I don't care if I have any evidence to the contrary. It's just always a lie. But let's go to the phones. We have Jimmy on the line from Missouri listening on TuneIn. Jimmy, you're on Free Talk Live. Well, I have the answer for how they created the pyramids for the most part. Um, all right. And it's uh, all, all boils down to one word, geopolymers. Um, a geopolymer is uh, basically a type of concrete. Uh, this has been proven because they have uh, taken a lot of the stones, and it's not just the pyramids, but it's megalithic places all over the world, even in Peru and everything. They have taken uh, stones. Uh, there was a, uh, I believe it was a French team, took a lot of these stones and sliced them open, studied them with microscope, microscopes and everything to see what was really going on. And basically, uh, they figured figured it out that's a form of concrete made of those uh stones like the concrete we have nowadays is called portland concrete and it's uh pretty weak stuff compared to what this stuff was but 
Uh, if you go, to I don't understand. You're saying so he's saying what I was saying, but I couldn't remember the word geopolymers. It's the fact that these things can be made of one type of stone, and they were made into a concrete, which is not possible now. Now it's like there's little rocks and some kind of a stuff that makes it stick together, but, and that's how we have concrete. But these were one material, and they were moldable. And the the theory people have that makes the most sense to me is they understood some kinds of kind of resonancy that could make it like a frequency could be shot at it and it would turn it moldable for a time. They could mold it. There's literally rocks where there's clearly people's hands went into it and grabbed a chunk of it. And now it, that's not possible today. What do you mean? But why they can't it? just melt it down? What Something, do you mean people's hands? Like into it. there's a like mark. Clay? Yeah, there's a, you know, um, like a print where somebody put their hands into it or dug it with a shovel and it looks like somebody just like took a chunk out of it easily, not, you know, like chiseling and it's just laying there and then it eventually turned solid because they only had a certain amount of time is what the theory is. So I don't get why the concrete what is it called geodesic polymers geopolymers Geopolymers. so why isn't that possible today i don't really know why completely possible it's totally possible in fact it's been done um but with what basically what they what they did what the ancient people did is they took stone and they crushed it down really really small real fine and they made they combined it with other things and they made a basically a concrete with it and uh, there's there's a YouTube channel called Geopolymer Institute that shows where uh, they recreated several of the blocks. This team recreated several of the blocks with with uh, old school you know tools that they would have had back then, and uh, made these blocks that were uh, you know you couldn't fit a hair between them or anything because they would make one block with you know using a mold molds made of wood. And then they would uh, let it dry, and then they would make they would set the mold up on top of that block. But that's just that doesn't answer what I'm talking about because it's like, yeah, that's possible nowadays. That's literally what we do. That's not geopolymer. That's, that's, that's just that's just concrete. But there are things that are made so, of one element that are like that. Yeah, limestone. Limestone. They they did this with limestone back then. With and nothing it's, else it's mixed in. That's not what you were just pyramid. describing. No, it's it's. They take <laughs> they take rocks that like I said they've they've dissected a lot of these stones and looked at them and noticed that like uh, a lot of the fossils in there are crushed up and partial and everything and and these stones which are different than the you know natural stone around they literally crushed up the stone and they mixed it with with a few other elements and made a concrete out of that stone that looks. Just and that's why like I'm saying that, that that's different than what I'm talking about. I, I just think that that could be an answer for some things, but not what I'm talking about. There are things that... It's, it's literally the answer for it because, I mean... It, it what just, you described was different than what I'm talking about, so it's not literally the answer. Like, that not could really. be an answer that some people, you know, some archaeologists com- came up with, so that way people are like, look no further here, but it doesn't actually answer what I'm talking about literally by the... Metrics of what I'm saying. Whenever I yeah, say that, you're saying, made, yeah, they mixed in other things. I'm talking about ones that aren't mixed yeah. in with other things. They've, they've made limestone concrete. They've made 
They've even been able to make. He's going to say yeah. exactly what yeah. he just said, which is. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank, thank you for the call tonight, Jimmy. I, I think the two of you are, are saying you're talking about different things. Uh, Jimmy, you're, you're, you're talking about the, this concrete sort of material and Bonnie's talking about something different. Yeah. And I, I don't think that Jimmy understood that you were talking about different things. I think what he thought, and I don't really want to say what I think he thought, but it seemed like. But thank you he, for the call tonight, Jimmy. He basically, like, he's trying to say that Bonnie is mistaken about what she's talking about, and the rocks that you're talking about were made with this concrete. Yeah, that, that's, that what, that's what it where he like seemed like he was getting at. It's not but, crazy to me that they had the ability to make concrete back then. Like, okay, that doesn't disprove what I'm talking about. You mentioned frequencies, and I, I think that more needs to be said on this subject as well, because... Music is a weird thing, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things I like about string theory, I hate string theory as a as a scientific idea because it, it's untestable, it's unprovable, it's yeah. unfalsifiable, and it's it's just a religious belief. However, I love the aesthetics of it that everything in the universe is ultimately a string vibrating at a certain frequency, and as the musician in me absolutely loves that because there's something magical about the interval of music, the the tone that we call the fifth. And there's something dissonant about the tone that is the flatted fifth. And these are, these are truisms. And I don't know why they are what they are, but there, there's, it, it was believed in the Pythagoras era that the, the fifth interval had healing properties. Mm-hmm. And there are chambers within some of these ancient structures that supposedly resonate at these intervals where if you, you know, if you sing a note or whatever, it will automatically generate the fifth of that of that note. I don't remember the exact specifics, but we know these sorts of things happen. And there was a bridge that collapsed. Was it a bridge? Because people were vibrating at the exact wrong oh, frequency. And like that's weird frequencies and vibrations that they are big deals. And mm-hmm. it's not impossible that a a stone could be broken, and we know this happens, right? We well, know that a singer, singers, right? Yeah. We know that an opera singer can literally break a glass by singing at a certain frequency. It's not beyond the realm of possibility that you could get a chorus of people to break a stone. And so you're saying there's like stuff that's unknown about the fifth. I don't know if I would say that it's un. Yeah, I think so, and I think it's a topic that, as a species, we should be exploring. What are your thoughts? There's more coming up. It is Free Talk Live, and you can weigh in. You can join the discussion, 603-283-6160, if you'd like to do that. That's 603-283-6160. With you tonight, it's Aria, Nikki, and Bonnie. And I want to say thank you to CivPack. That's tonight's amplifier. This means that CivPack is a member of the AMPS program. You can find that at amps.freetalklive.com. It's our Patreon. It stands for Advertise, Market, Promote, and Support. So if you value the show, if you want to help us reach a larger audience, get on more radio stations, all of that great stuff, and encourage us to do more podcasts, not podcasts, more TikTok videos, more unique content, more mukbangs. I, I don't, there was something on that subject that I felt like we needed to explore further, and I don't remember now what it was. 
But all of these sorts of things, we'd like to do them and we want to do them and we have plans to do them. And some of them get done here and there. Sometimes things are coming. But if you join the AMPS program, it should be because you like the show and you want to show your support. That's amps.freetalklive.com as Sipac here has done. It only costs five bucks per month. That gets you in. And it basically... You get the app-only podcast. You get an app-only version of the podcast, which means that the podcast ads are completely cut out from it. And that's meaningless to you in hindsight because we're not actually running podcast ads at the moment, I don't think. We, we have a few fills that we insert here and there, but we're not actually selling any advertisements at the moment. As Ian has pointed out, and I couldn't possibly agree more, we, we don't like selling advertisements we don't like i don't like bombarding you with ads i don't like I, i'm not a salesman and i don't want to try to sell you stuff you you know what you like you can you have, find- to have a horrible personality like mark to want to be an advertisement <laughs> salesman Aww, mark okay. doesn't have a horrible personality maybe i, I, I don't i don't but he's know a little evil i don't know what it takes to be a salesman um I don't know. I have no idea what it takes to be a salesman, but I, I don't like the idea. And I, I don't like trying to tell the listeners what they should buy or what they shouldn't buy. I don't mind making you aware of certain products. Like uh, I was about to post something last night or no, it was today. I I use Elixir guitar strings. Mm-hmm. Uh, they tend to be more expensive, but they're they're phenomenal strings. And I finally bought a set of Elixir strings for one of my bass guitars. And I had never done this before because I don't play bass often enough for it to matter, right? Like, I'm not going to spend $50 on a set of bass strings when I could spend $20 because I'm not a bass player. Mm -hmm. I I don't care enough to spend that extra money for a good set of bass strings. So I was just using whatever strings had come on the bass. But, you know, had the bass for a little over a year now. It, It was time to replace the strings. Do, so, do the elixir ones last longer? So they like pay for themselves, kind of. Uh, they don't. All strings last about the same length of time, but they sound newer, longer. Hmm. And it's it, if you've never experienced it, it's hard to explain. But there's a the the sound of a new guitar string is very very different from the sound of an old guitar string. That. I thought you just replaced them when they broke. Yeah, me too. No, <laughs> some people do that, but you you should replace them more regularly than that. They, they sound different and they play different. That makes sense if they're tighter. But you can tighten them. But yes, you you can tighten them. But the thing <laughs> is, the way guitar strings are made, it's it's steel. I think it's steel. It's some sort of metal mm-hmm. that's wrapped around a yeah. core, right? Mm-hmm. And it's wrapped very tightly. It's a coil, basically. And oh, your so it loosens. Your well, it's not that. It's that your fingers and dust and you know skin cells and stuff they get in between those little grooves in the strings. That makes sense. And it it affects the sound. Mm-hmm. The thing about elixir strings is they have this polymer coating on them that's it's invisible. It's imperceptible. You can't tell that it's there. And it helps keep out dust and dead skin cells and whatever else. That's cool. And that makes them sound newer longer. Plus, it gives them a unique tone that it's bright, it's warm, and I absolutely love it. So anyway, see, I, I did all of this just now. See, and, yeah, natural. Right. And I was going to post this to Facebook last night until, and I got it all typed out and I was going to post it. And I was like, this sounds like a paid advertisement. It, uh, how is anyone out there supposed to know the difference between me talking about this thing that I love and a paid advertisement? But it's true that it's just, I love this brand of strings. 
And most people just use Ernie Ball strings. And see, the, the advertisement continues, right? Ernie Ball is the most popular type of guitar and bass string out there. They're terrible. The advantage they have is they're, they're, they're cheap. You can get a set of Ernie Ball strings for like eight bucks, maybe cheaper if you buy them on Amazon or if you buy them in bulk. Maybe, maybe six bucks for a pack of strings or whatever. Whereas the Elixir strings I use, you're paying 20 bucks, uh, literally three times the amount that you are for the Ernie Ball strings. It's like, well, why would I pay that? Well, you get what you pay for, mm-hmm. realistically. And I have not used the Elixir strings yet. I have not put them on, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to, because I'm not a very good bass player, and I want to know how much of that has to do with the fact that I'm using inferior strings. Oh. Because strings make a big deal when you're playing a stringed instrument, obviously. Right? Yeah. That's what comprises the instrument. Yeah, it's like trying to play a clarinet with a broken reed. I suppose. I don't know anything about the clarinet, but probably. <laughs> and I use thin strings on my guitar uh, because I tend to go for a brighter, warmer tone, and thin strings are great for that. And then I tune down sometimes, so it creates this weird, deep end that's also bright, and I love it. But the bass strings, they're tight. Uh, the strings that came on this, you know, they're the default. They're probably Ernie Balls. They're tight. They're not very good. I'm interested to see whether or not it improves my bass playing abilities to have a set of good strings on there. Because I suspect it will to some extent. But anyway, that's, that's an advertisement. And I don't mind telling people about these products that I like. Then there are others like Winscribe, the VPN service. Absolutely love it. But... We're not selling advertisement anymore here on Free Talk Live. I don't like selling advertisement. I'll tell you about something that I love, like Elixir strings, but I don't want to, I mean, if Elixir wants to send me some strings every month for me to, you know, regularly post about it on Facebook, I'm not going to object, but I don't want to go out and do that. That's not what I'm about. So check out the AMPS program. Keep uh, Help keep us focused on content that we enjoy producing and that you enjoy consuming because that's what the AMPS program does. That's amps.freetalklive.com. Let's keep going with the phones we have. I think this is Turd Ferguson on the line. Is that correct? Well, how did you go? Okay, yeah, it is Turd Ferguson. That's a little scary, but okay, hold on. Yeah, now, but- I was listening to this, yeah, I was listening to this show um, in the other room. Now, I maybe I misheard it because I was just jamming, jamming a little bit here, so maybe I misheard, but did you guys, did one of you say that salespeople are bad people or you have to have a bad personality? To it was just my joke about I... Mark in case Mark was listening. And I said I was just kidding. And I said Mark was kind uh, of evil, but that part's not really a joke. <laughs> I think what you meant, oh, okay. like, you, there, there's this image of the used car salesman, right? Who's kind yeah. of sleazy and they're kind of shady. And those salesmen yeah. certainly exist. But a good salesman is someone who fulfills your needs, right? And that they're the ones who's going to get the repeat customers. Correct. Yeah. I mean, I just wanted to, to say that, um, I mean, I know a thing or two about sales. And so I have you. changed people's, I have changed people's lives through selling things. Um, I was consistently, when I worked at Guitar Center, at the top of the sales ranker. And for good reason. It's because um, I helped people solve their challenges. Yeah, that, this is why when, when I worked at Radio Shack, I was the top salesman month after month after month, and it was for exactly the same reason. I wasn't trying to sell them stuff. I was trying to help them solve whatever problems they needed to solve, and sometimes yeah. that involved selling them stuff. Sometimes it didn't. So, And that's the difference between a good salesman and a sleazeball. Yeah. 
And I understand the need slash the good side of advertisements. It's like you could find out about something that helps your life greatly that you wouldn't have found out about otherwise other unless they started advertising. There's nothing wrong inherently with ads. It's just the fact that on Free Talk Live, we don't need we don't we wouldn't need to be beholden to selling ads and getting these companies to agree to a thing with us if our uh listeners just voluntarily contribute and it seems like it's been working it seems that we offer something that they actually don't mind donating to well so and there's it's working out there's kind of two kinds of marketing in that instance where there's the actual marketing for free talk live the show and then there's the market it like marketing on other people's behalfs like the advertising so it's like yeah we still need to do advertising you know like the amps program advertise market promote and support well, we certainly still need to promote Free Talk Live, yes. But, but just I don't not the advertising. Right. Yeah, exactly, for, on other people's behalf. Right. Yeah, it sounds like you guys have a problem with marketing for other people. That's what you have a problem with um, from what I'm hearing there. But um, Well, I just don't like doing long- it, and I, I'm not convinced that it's necessary, and I'm not convinced. Yeah, I don't I'm, actually have a problem with it either. Yeah, I'm certainly not convinced that it's helpful. I don't, I don't think it does any good. Especially when I like actually like the product. Like, what was the Flat Earth uh, seed mix we were eating. Oh, oh yeah. It's not a business that. now, so it kind of doesn't matter, but those were actually... Truth Smacks. Truth Smacks. Yeah, I and, and I that loved a... that concept, too, yeah. where, you know, it was like a good, healthy snack, but and there was. was, you know, like, truth bombs in there. Like, I, I love that idea. I just but love like, that there wasn't seed oils in it. It was great. But how effective could a nationally syndicated radio show be and selling trail mix to people, right? right? Apparently not very effective because she went out of business. Well, that wasn't our fault, right? <laughs> I know, but... but... But it's a fair point, and this is why I don't like advertising. Um, it, I don't think it's our fault, and I don't think it, you know, this was Truth Smack's fault or anything like that, or, you know, a failure of business or anything like that. It's just, I'm not convinced that advertising at all works certainly there's a need to some extent and thank you so much for the call tonight uh turd ferguson certainly there's a need to make people aware of the existence of a product Mm -hmm. but at least on the internet uh, i'm about to go to vegas uh let's see in 10 days i'm going to vegas and one of the things we were going to do while there was participate in one of these escape rooms i did one of these when i went to ohio last year for the incarceration music festival it was called, I don't remember, Blood something. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot of fun. It turned out not to be an escape room, disappointingly enough. It was like a, it was a haunted house, basically. Like a mystery solving one? That's what it, that's what it was painted as. That's mm-hmm. what I would expect of an escape room, oh, but right? It was like a maze type of thing. It wasn't even that. It was a walkthrough. It was a walkthrough of a haunted house. That oh, that's they were not calling. an escape room. No, it's yeah, not. it's not no. an escape room. It's like they didn't know what that was. But that's what they called it. They yeah. called it an escape room. And that I was expecting an actual escape room. And yeah. it, was, it was very disappointed that it was just this walkthrough haunted house sort of thing. It wasn't bad, but that's not the experience it's I was looking for. It's false advertising. So... Well, maybe, but it didn't cost me anything to go because we were already there for the Incarceration Music Festival and it happened at the same place. But anyway, so one of our one of the friends that I'm going with was aware of the Saw, the Saw escape room that takes place there in mm. Vegas. And I don't remember what it's called. But anyway, I ended oh. up looking it up. I was like, this sounds like a lot of fun. It's yeah. based on the Saw films. And it's, you know, it's a set of, I think, three escape rooms where you're supposed to work together and all of this other stuff. And... 
you can have up to 10 people in your tour. You have to have at least four people to have a private tour. And I was like, okay, well, we can find one other person to do this with us because I want to do the private tour. I don't want to be in there with strangers. Yeah. But you're going to be in there with strangers anyway because some of the people who are, you know, going through it with you are are actors who are there to sort of sabotage you and mess with your head and stuff. No, I could not do that. I've never even seen us all. Oh, I've really? just had crappy little boys tell me parts of it from... <laughs> Uh, you know, in school or whatever, and I'm terrified of those movies. Oh, yeah. See, I watched a lot. I was obsessed with the Saw movies when I was a kid. They're good. So that no. would be a really cool, like, nostalgic thing to do. And it would it would be, I like the creepy, like, horror movie vibe to it, too. Yeah. You're putting yourself in their hands. How do you know that you're not just going to go missing, go into See, this internal it's like basement actual, part of the thing? It's actual. It turns into a real Saw movie. I when mean, would you ever be able to tell until it's too late? Bonnie, you make a really, really good point. This is actually one of my fears, right? Oh my god, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, we're we're not doing it because one of the other oh. person we're going we're going for a quote bachelorette party, mm-hmm. right? And the the girl who's getting married, she's a, she's a little sissy, right? She's scared of this sort <laughs> I would, of thing. I'd be the same way. So so we're so we're not going to do it. So I, I don't have to worry about it. But like, there's this one movie, and I don't remember now the name of it. But that's that's the premise of the movie. It's it's one of these haunted house experiences, but it's all real. They, oh. they they periodically kidnap some of these people who are going through the tour and they legitimately torture them to death. And, you know, it, it just looks like acting and all the people are laughing and they're playing oh along God, and whatever. Yeah. And they, they just and meanwhile, these people are in there literally being tortured and killed. Yeah. And it's like, how would you know? Well, yeah. and that's why I love movies like that, because it makes it scarier because, you know, when you're. You're in a real life situation. You're like kind of freaked out because of this horror movie you saw 10 years ago. But you can always think in the back of your mind, this isn't real. That was just a movie. But then when you watch movies like that, it gives it more scare factor. Because you're like, no, but then remember that other movie when it was real. So when I went through this one in incarceration, that was in the back of my mind the entire time that like, what if some of this is real? Yeah. What, and you're just laughing or whatever. And what if I'm the next victim, right? Yeah. What if what if they've picked me to be next? And that that was one of the reservations I had about this Saw Escape Room. It's, <laughs> Bonnie, you mentioned it perfectly. What if? Yeah. Right. What if this is just a ruse to get people to disappear? And it's I, a bad I mean, way there to was die. That, what was that thing called in Tennessee where people they paid to go here, but they would literally get tortured? Oh, oh. that that's still a thing. I don't remember oh, what really? it is. Is yeah. it a real, like, they know they're going to get tortured? Yes. You have to sign waivers. I mean, there's so a prize. You... But I mean, a lot of people are like that, though. Well, everyone thinks they can put up with it, and they think they can win the grand prize. I think it's a $5 million prize or something like that. Has oh. no one ever won it? No, it's, you get tortured for a 24-hour period or whatever. Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't tap out? Yeah. And I think even, like, people who are into that sort of thing... They don't know like how far real torture can go. Like when you start, I don't even want to say I what know, I was about right? to say. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, I don't I even mean, like it, to think about that. That's why I, I seriously can't even watch a Saw movie. It's because I just imagine that that's me and what, yeah, it's what how I'd be feeling that m- moment. And like I don't even want to describe some of the stuff that I've been told have been in those movies. But mm-hmm. one of them that scares me the most has to do with like a key. Oh yeah, and you have to pull the key out. Of your own throat, but it's connected to scratchy things. I mean, I basically des- described it after I said I wasn't going to. I, I don't, I don't remember out. that particular scene, but I mean, yeah, uh, it's it's screwed up, and I don't, I wouldn't want the money that bad. But I mean, some people do, right? Some people no. have like gotten their 
you know, teeth pulled out there. That's probably the least bad what? thing. It's just what I remember. Yeah, but like I know, right? You, you, well, you, you could signed lose up teeth. for it. Yeah. What? I, mean, I know. No, I can't even imagine if that. If someone offers you $5 million to, to make it through no. their sick game or whatever. Uh-huh. No way. Yeah. I wouldn't do uh, it. I'm very happy being broke. I'm but, very with happy all with my, my teeth. teeth. Yeah. <laughs> but there's also a horror movie about this, about this concept. And I don't remember yeah. the name of it now, but... I've seen so many horror movies. I wish I could remember the name of this. It's it's just a game of this ultra-rich person, right? He gets these 10 desperate people. They, this person needs to pay for their, their hospital treatment or whatever, and this person wants to put their kids through college or whatever. Oh, so it takes, that's so sad, though. So he takes all of these people who are desperate for yeah. money. He's like, okay, look, there's a $10 million prize. All you have to do is get through. All you have to do is make it through without leaving. And... You know, the the stakes just get higher and higher and higher, and ultimately people end up dying. It's the same thing with, like, Squid Game. They're in there to yes. win the prize. And I found out um, what the, the Tennessee uh, Torture House is called. It's called McKamey, with a K, Manor. It says with I think its, that is the one I was thinking of. It says, with its participants bound, drugged, and beaten, McKamey Manor drugged? is said to be more like a torture chamber than a haunted house. But that's what? the thing. They sign off on it. That's why it's still a thing. I hadn't heard about people being drugged. Yeah, I mean, I think that's like totally crossing the line. I mean, a lot of that crosses the line for me. I'm surprised that's even legal. I know. I I, well, I they just, consented to it, right? It's just but like yeah, boxing. But it's, okay, you can't mm-hmm. um, like sell drugs and you can't do drugs with... Even consenting to it, you'll go to jail. Well, it's a legal you know drug, mean? I'm assuming, right? But still, they're, they're not dosing them with they're just LSD like giving them or like whatever. melatonin. Oh, right. that'd be so terrifying <laughs> if they dose you with LSD and you're then you some go Benadryl. That. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what they do. That's the first I've heard about people being drugged. But I mean, yeah. the, the guy's own kids describe it as you know, it's, it's torture, and that's what it is. No and thanks. the guy gets off on it, and you yeah, know, and he's like a rich guy, so it's kind of yeah. like the movie you're just describing. It. Takes all time. So anyway, I would I had reservations about doing the saw escape room, but I I was going to do it because I did the one in incarceration. If look, I'm the FBI is watching me pretty closely. Mm-hmm. I I have an actual FBI handler, and I have actual people within the U.S. probation office who are actually watching me and making sure that I'm alive. So if I were to go to the saw escape room and yeah, disappear, it'll be fine. yeah. These people who disappeared me are going to have some pretty big problems on their hands, and I I just don't think I'm worth it to them. So I think mm-hmm. that's probably keeping me safe. Well, I was going to go to the phones, but they're gone now. So I guess I'm not going to the phones. So let's get back into this story here, if I can find it again, because I just clicked away from it. So Ohio, what is happening in Ohio? <laughs> I, again, wasn't aware of this at all until Bonnie had brought it up to me. According to WTRF, animals are sick and dying after Ohio train derailment. And as far as I'm aware, the investigation is still ongoing about what exactly caused the Ohio train derailment. I don't know exactly what caused it. But yeah, I hadn't heard any theory about why the train, you know, just flipped over to begin with. Well, it certainly wasn't a quarter on the tracks. This is the mythology, the myth that we always heard as kids, right? Like, if you put a quarter on the tracks, it'll make yeah. the train derail. But, I mean... That, yeah, I don't know if that's real. doesn't no. happen. You just lose your uh, penny. Of course it's not real. The, oh, yeah, but remember the flattening the penny thing? Where yeah. you put it on and it flattens it? Train tracks yeah. vibrate. 
And as the as it vibrates, it's going to rock the quarter mm. off of it. Yeah, to be fair, I've never found a penny. I've never been like, oh, well, I got it and it's crushed, ever. And I've put pennies on tra- railroads lots of times. Well, if you, you would have to tape it down or mm. something, I would imagine. I never thought about I, we the We used vibrating. to do that when we were kids. You used to do I what? think it flattened pennies on pe- train tracks. Maybe. I, but I, I not honestly going to could be misremembering this. And but. more often than not, I would imagine the quarter, because they vibrate, right? Yeah. It's just going to vibrate off That's a good most of the time. theory, but my thought was just that it did flatten, but it just flew off somewhere and we never found it again. Because that's usually what happens. That's happened. also possible. Gone. But I, no, I, now that I'm thinking about it, it shakes the ground around you so much, it's possible that, I, I don't know, it's weird. It certainly isn't going to derail any trains to no. have a quarter on them, though. Right, I mean, yeah. if it was that... If train tracks were that sensitive, like the technology would never have taken off because yeah. every train would have crashed. Yeah, like grass yeah, exactly. growing too high up or something. Yeah. Oh God, know. a pine cone fell on the tracks. Now, <laughs> now thirty thousand people. Now thirty people are dead. Right? It's nonsense. So, an Ohio Humane Society director says she's been re- busy receiving calls from families who are reporting their pets are dying. Oh, I already wish I had picked a different story to get into. Well, I was wondering if this was going to start being reported because it's like, this is what people that know about this chemical have been like, yeah, this is what's going to happen. But I hadn't heard anything except like this one lady said, she lives like a mile radius around it. And she said her chickens just died. They were like, there are people like a hundred miles away. Oh, wow. Who had their animal, maybe not a hundred miles away, but there are people substantially farther than a mile away who were having their animals getting sick and dying. Mm. I mean, this is, it's already traveling up to New York State. Like, this is a big deal. Now there's a giant cloud of toxic waste material that's going to start raining acid rain on everyone. Yeah, I saw the cloud got bigger. It's like, we keep seeing this terrifying in itself picture of like a mushroom cloud that looks like maybe it dissipated. No, it got bigger. And there's no pictures of it where it's like as big big as multiple football fields and it's still dark black like mm-hmm. but i mean uh, i've seen one so far i've seen pictures of the clouds from the top like a, a plane flying over and it's surreal right you have this yeah you have white clouds and they look normal and then in the center of them is this this disturbing black cloud that looks like something out of armageddon it's not good executive director Teresa mcguire Spoke to 7 News partner, blah, 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 about the list she is planning to send to Norfolk Southern, the railroad company involved in the train derailment, to see if there's something that can be done for the families reporting pet issues. So people's pets seem to be dying. Some of the reports say the animals were diagnosed with vinyl chloride poisoning. And I don't know anything about vinyl. Is it vinyl? Vinyl chloride? Vinyl, I think. Obviously. I don't know anything about vinyl chloride. That is the one that, that's what the trucks were transporting before right. it got bur- burned and, you know, when it burns, it turns into something else. Something yeah, else so, I mean, it's a gas. It's, I think it's eight degrees Fahrenheit is the boiling point. Yes, it's so crazy. So, so I understand why it was difficult, a difficult situation. I just don't understand why. Why did they set it on fire? Burn it is the explanation or is the answer. It's like if it was just seeped into the ground even, that would be crazy. But it's like. That would be a less of a disaster than burnt making a giant mushroom cloud. But am I confused though? So if the boiling point is nine degrees Fahrenheit, wouldn't it be a gas at room temperature? Do I have that right. backwards? No, yeah, it so would have turned how, into a why gas. Why are they setting it on fire? And it, it would have been less bad it. because it was stayed vinyl chloride. But when it burns, it turns into something else that messes with water in the atmosphere. Yeah. So yeah, they made it worse. I don't know. I wish I knew the answers. It's the government. 603-283-6160. It is the government. There's more coming up here and you can join us 603-283-6160.
It is Free Talk Live, and you can join us, 603-283-6160. I was typing and trying to say the number at the same time, and if you ever try to do something like this, it's surprisingly difficult to do. That's why I, I have so much respect for these musicians who can sing and play the guitar at the same time. Imagine? Because I know, it's crazy. It's like two different brain patterns happening at once i don't understand i can't do either of those things alone well, well i can either. do them alone well, you can talk just yeah. fine alone can't play the guitar though and you don't well, want to hear me sing that's just a skill right that one develops but it's guitar becomes a matter of muscle memory right for the most part but you still have to be able to keep rhythm and i i just i don't know how they do it Right, I I understand the concepts, but I can't do it, and I can only imagine the amount of practice it takes in order to like be good at it. And then you have freaks of nature, like Les Claypool, the mm-hmm. singer slash bass player from Primus, who's just playing these incredibly amazing bass lines while singing. And it's mm-hmm. like, dude, can you stop being so amazing? It's just like so crazy because those are just different parts of a song. I can't even think about different parts of a song at once like that's crazy. But I mean, I don't play any intru- instruments, so it's all like a mystery to me. I can play bass to to an extent. I'm not a bass player, but I'm competent. I, I could play the instrument, right? Uh, you, I, I could play bass in your band. You wouldn't want me to play bass in your band, but I could. I, if you wanted me in your band, it would be as a guitar Oh, in player. your band. I thought you said in bed, in uh, your bed. <laughs> no. But I, I could play bass, right? And I can play some Primus on bass, and it's extremely complicated. I I can barely play Primus on bass. I can't imagine doing anything else while trying to do it, except I mean, focusing on playing Primus. Yeah, Oh, Les Claypool is an absolute legend. Yeah. Like, hands down, in my opinion, best bass player. And it's not exactly uncommon to to see these sorts of things. Like, the Getty Lee, the singer from Rush, also yeah. a really good bass player. Not, not up there with, like, Les Claypool or anything, but just amazingly good at what, what they're capable of doing. And James Hetfield, one of the best rhythm guitar players to ever live. It, and meanwhile, he's singing. It's it's crazy. I have nothing but respect for these people. I don't know why the hell I brought it up just I now. Think that you drums... misspoke when you were typing. I think. Oh, yes. Thank you. Drums and singing is even crazier. Oh like my the lady gosh, from yeah. Skillet. Yes. Well, and I mean drums because it takes a lot out of you. It's a very, right, that, you know, That's exactly what I'm saying. Because yeah. it's like your whole body's moving and it's hard to sing and do an exercise thing. It's it's also yeah. impressive that people can like dance like crazy, dance like choreograph, dance and sing. But I think most yeah. of the time they, you know, lip sync just because of but the logistics. Broadway on Broadway they oh, yeah. do that where they're. I mean, they're not doing. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's impressive. Drumming is exercise, though. You're absolutely right, Bonnie. I think that's what you were getting at. Yeah, it's it's, it, it's cardio, man. Like one of the things I do for exercise is play drums because it requires mm-hmm. a movement of all four limbs to a beat and some of it can be pretty fast and intense and it's it's a workout. And if you play something like the agonist or death metal or something like not that I can play the agonist on drums, I certainly cannot, but if you attempt to, which I do attempt to, because that's the only way you ever get better is to do things beyond your ability until they become within your ability. It's it's intense. It's a workout. You're sore afterwards. 
It's just like that that first game of Wii boxing that everyone did when the Nintendo Wii was popular, right? Everyone got the Wii Sports and they they did their bowling and their boxing and then they were sore the next day. Yep. And they were like, "Oh, that was that was a terrible experience." That's how I broke a flat screen TV my parents oh, had. No. Did you? I always thought that was just like rumors. I know, right? But it really happened to me. I even wrote about it in my diary. I was like, "My dad is going to be home any minute now, and I'm going <laughs> to." Oh no! He was oh, mostly gosh. just like upset or sad. You know, he didn't. Yeah. It was an accident. I put the right. thing around my wrist. I just didn't clasp it tight enough. And I just have tiny wrists, mm-hmm. and I just didn't expect it would fly out of my hand. I was doing the bowling, literally. Yeah, so I you throw like- it right at the TV. I used to like the dancing one. Me and my sister, I would like pregame dance class with the Wii dancing game. It was fun. I don't think I had the dancing one. I had, you know, Wii Sports, I think, came with the Wii. And, uh, like, that was Mario a good Kart. little console, man. Yeah. I, I'm excited because um, I had an, an SD card adapter finally arrived today oh, that cool. I've been waiting on for a long time. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because I've been wanting to hack my Nintendo Wii U for mm-hmm. a really long time. And this this is just hacking so that I can play custom software and whatever. You know, it's completely legit. There's nothing shady or whatever about it. And the Wii U is discontinued anyway. I, ca- I literally cannot buy software for the Wii U if I wanted to. Because that's the way Nintendo works. So anyway, I've been wanting to do this for quite a while, and I can finally do it now because there are a lot of games that came out for the Wii because the Wii U is backward compatible with the Wii. So if I wanted to play Wii Sports, and I even have one of the one of the little sensor bars sitting on top of my projector screen, and oh yeah, I forgot about that part. <laughs> I bought the thirty foot extension cable to run it all the way back because the Wii U sits, you know, f- as far away as physically far from the projector screen as one could be done because that's just how things are designed and so i you know play super mario galaxy by the way one of the best mario games ever made was super mario galaxy just a lot of fun it's a it was a cool is that only Wii? yes never heard of it or at least never played of it played it it was only for the wii and it was it was a lot of fun it was very creative and they also made super mario galaxy 2 which improved just ever so slightly, just slightly better than the first one. But anyway, I didn't I didn't mean to get into all of that. Let's go to the phones. We have Sarah on the line from New Mexico. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. Oh, yes. I, I was uh, very impressed to find out um, there's a New Beginnings church like a block away from me. Like I just walked to it, and they happen to have like a men and women's um, like a halfway house. And also a human trafficking rescue home that is sponsored by the church. So I'm, and they have a food bank also. What what impressed you? It's a you know the halfway house, the Christian halfway. Yeah, I understand the characteristics of the of the place, but what what about it impressed you? Is it better than the government run ones in New Mexico? You know what? That's why I'm kind of I'm kind of perplexed because. When I went to the uh, Salvation Army Church here, um, they bust in a lot of men. They look like a halfway house program because they bust in them. So to be part of the sentencing, okay, judges. Yeah, whatever. So to be fair, Sarah, uh, you agree with Bonnie that the the church that you're seeing it's better than the government programs, the government halfway houses, and all of that stuff. Well, I, I don't know. I, do you get an option? I, I, I don't know. How yes, to, I, I mean, of I course you do. Yeah, yes, I want you to evaluate the two things and tell me which one is better. Like, do you think the sleeping quarters and the common areas, the things you always complain about with the jail slash the ex-jail um, halfway house 
or not halfway house, a homeless shelter. Do you think that this one is better? Would you rather stay there? Well, I mean, you know something? The, obviously, these Christian ones, they have a lot of, um, like, um, like a Bible study and a lot of, you know, I think that's a lot better for the people to rehabilitate, to acknowledge God in their life than just a regular old halfway house that you're not allowed to do that. I mean, it so could I be think- because a big part of the, what is it, the 12-step or something, the a lot of process that they use in uh, a lot of different rehabs, they're really into like higher power, God, and, and that actually, honestly, I don't really agree with that as a belief system for myself, but it does help a lot of people stay sober. Yeah, and it, it's bizarre, right? I wouldn't expect it to work. It does seem to. It works and really well for I, a lot of people, yeah. I suspect something else will work better, but it's just amazing to me. It's like, hey, look, the answer to your alcoholism, your addiction is God. And yes, we do, in fact, have a medical degree. Thank you for asking. It's not what you would expect a, a medical yeah. program to be. But, you know, I think it's all the thing with the, rehab, the, the halfway house is that on your own. On what is a halfway own, house? I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. What is a halfway house? Okay. Halfway house is like, okay, when, they, when you get done with your sentencing and they dump you out and sort of throwing you out on the street, um, is that like a, it's like a halfway house. In other words, you're not like ready to go out into society. They let you stay there. Um, and it's forced. Until you get a job. So when I think so of halfway house, in- I think of like sober living for recovering addicts. It is forced no, no, though, no, Bonnie. Well, it's they when they come out of jail specifically. Yeah, they come out of jail. Like Chris Cantwell's in one. They he's out of jail. They call that a halfway house too. He's what? not. Yeah, I, maybe right. it is a, a rehab thing too. But Chris Cantwell's not out allowed of it by now. Uh, maybe he's not in it right this second. Okay. But when he got out of prison, he didn't get to just go rent a house somewhere. He had to stay at this halfway house. Like he was mm. mandated. Well, maybe not everyone there is. Maybe some people are addicts. I, don't I know. would think they would keep those two populations separated. I think the halfway house for people in recovery and the halfway house for people who are just getting out of jail would probably be different. I think think for people getting out of jail, it's supposed to be a good thing, right? We say that he had to go to this place, and that's true. But you're supposed to serve, I think it was, the last six months of his sentence in this halfway house. Yeah, I'd probably rather be there than right. in prison. So I, I, he was sentenced to, I think, three years or something like that. I don't, I don't remember the exact sentence, but the theory is that mm-hmm. he would spend, you know, 30 months in prison and then six the final six months of his prison sentence in this halfway house, which would be tremendously better than spending it in prison. It's not like he did his full 36-month mm-hmm. duration and then, you know, had to do an additional six-month sentence at this halfway house. Yeah, that I think so. the that idea Christian, is... Okay, this is a Christian halfway house for women and men. Also, they have a, a home for human uh, to help out human trafficking victims. This is part of the ministry. So I, I was just very impressed. But, see, but to me, it's very important to know that there's, help other than yourself and your your uh, willpower to keep you away from crime or something it's very yeah, it's called the government you know. right sarah it's the government well, that is, is there church. for people 
Oh, wait, wait. Well, what is that? So you're saying like we that. don't need the government to be there for people, that we can have private organizations that aren't funded by the government, that aren't part of the government, that help people and keep them away from crime and help them lead better lives? And their bunk beds have yeah, but rails? This work, but, but, but this works with the government. So the government is authorizing that, okay. It's a okay, the government authorized them, but that, that all that means is the government did not tell them they couldn't do it. Yeah, it's still not necessarily government funded because even like with a lot of... Of, um, like a lot of rehabs and treatment centers and a lot of halfway houses, they do have privately run organizations like the church that you're speaking of. So let's remove the government from the concept entirely and just say that, you know, they, they can have their halfway house. They don't need permission from the government to help one another. And how insane is that? How insane is it to tell a church, no, you can't? Like, yeah. they told them they could, but that means they had the option to say, no, you can't, you know, help people. Well, how insane is it from the beginning that a that a church or anyone that any individual has to say, "Hey, government, do I have your permission to help my fellow human yeah. beings?" Well, and and the weird part is, so as taxpayers, that that uh, why are the taxpayers responsible for funding these halfway houses? Well, in theory, when, they're not. I mean, well, this is a church. No, but I mean, like the government-run ones. When we could have organizations like churches or private organizations, I mean, a lot of people are really passionate about helping other people, food banks, you know, so I just think that this would be better run as private organizations, way better than the government could. Sarah, if you weren't bipolar and you had a job, would you consider donating to this church halfway house? Well, I already have. Oh, you know, nice. I've already donated five hundred dollars to the ministry. Oh, that I was have really no nice. idea why. And then I find out a two. What do you mean you later, have no idea why? Do you have so much money you just no, randomly I just donate? I just donated. I, I didn't donate to know that they had a, a halfway house for men and women. I did not know that they had a human until two months later. So why did I, you I, donate five hundred dollars to them? I was uh, prompted to do. You know what I mean? Something told me that I need to make a donation and. But afterwards, I found out this is something. That's why I was kind of blown away. Hey, this is something that I really support. I and I, I gave to money, donated money to them before, anyways, for some reason. Because uh, I just, um, I, I, I don't believe I this. You, you're a welfare horse, Sarah. You don't have the five hundred dollars to just wantonly give to people like this. What inspired you to give this church five hundred dollars? Well, I had some money saved, but I believe that you have to give money to church or help with God's church. Um, you know, that's part of the religious uh, system. You How did I mean? you save this money? Well, I don't know. I just I just managed to save some money here and there. I have to know how well, you know, she, little you got. She doesn't have to pay for you any type of housing. Give, yeah, but she has no income. Richard sees her naked. Yeah, but anyway, she... I do have an income. I get SSI. I get nine hundred fourteen dollars a month from SSI. I get disability. Yeah, that's an income. Oh, that's right. Because you're a welfare I a whore. I get a disability check. Are you disabled, so, Sarah? So, I mean, okay, you okay? So, anyway, so I mean, this is a really <laughs> good cause, and my whole point is that it's it's more important for if they want to stay out of trouble to to acknowledge God in their program somehow so that there's somebody that's greater that you're leaning on that will help you to stay away from getting in trouble. Yeah, like the, the AA, 
other than the statement is that they they're not allowed to talk about God at all. I'm just glad you're That's not a communist nonsense. anymore. All of a sudden, yourself, huh? I'm just glad you're not a communist anymore. Well, I still am. I still am. And that's um, not so, like Sarah. It. You're allowed to talk about God in the in the state-run halfway houses. Yeah, but they don't, they, they're not allowed, no, the state, the, the employees the that run it are not supposed to hmm. talk about it at all. That may be true, because teachers aren't, I don't, I don't think it's true. I, every AA program, every addiction program has a, yeah, the belief in a higher power. Yeah, are they the all government step. run? I honestly don't know. Um, I'm not sure about AA programs. I'm assuming there's some government run ones, but like their entire thing is the 12 step, which is every single step is about God. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. It's all about surrendering your, your power, surrendering your responsibility to a higher power. Well, That's core to the AA program and a state run AA program is going to have that higher power within it. Well, one thing about communists is I think it was the... Marx, I think it was him that said, like, oh, well, the population depends too much on religious ideology, and that's why they need to be uh, handled by us. So that's why, like, in Russia, they didn't allow, like, I think it was mostly Catholic there or maybe Orthodox, something like that. And they stopped allowing them to do that at the time because religion was, like, a no-go. And then also, of course, private charities, Sarah, were a no-go in communism so i really just think you're not i think you're cured i don't think you're a communist anymore you're a capitalist because you have this um business you're running with richard and you also you know trade goods and services with richard i guess more of services <laughs> well the, so well, i know sarah's the got the goods idea, you know i still have a communist idea of uh, showing equally uh, amongst others you what know, are you treating but well? You have a house. Are you going to share your house with others? Yeah. What about those uh, ladies that Richard keeps trying to lure over for sex? Why don't you let Richard lure any lady over for sex, and you can all be naked and share, you know, whatever room uh, Richard gives you? Uh, I have no idea. I, I, you know what? I, I got tired of. Uh, I don't know. That's his life. It's, it's basically it's his house. I can't, I can't really do nothing about it. Other but than you live there with I him. I try to tell him something, but whether he listens to me or not is another story. You know what I mean? He does whatever he wants to do. You live there so with him, right? Well, I mean, I just, I just live here, but I most of the time I just have to put up with it. You know what I mean? Whether oh, okay. I like something or not. Well, so okay. he's, he's just your landlord. But then. you know what? But he doesn't you, have. Right. So you're just renting a room from him? There, right. That's it? Okay. But he also doesn't like end up getting them to come over. He can't convince them anyway. So Sarah's probably fine. She's probably safe from that, from having to share. Well, it sounded like he was all, hey, you know, text me and we'll arrange for you to come over instead of him saying, hey, look, come over right now. That's what it sounded like to me. I have no idea what's going on from day to day uh, right now. He he's not really wrapped too tight after the Vietnam War. You know, he after he came, he has PTSD and he he's not all there. I can either, imagine. So. Oh yeah, I, I, you know what? He hasn't gotten shot not even once. That's not amazing. even and, once. Wow, that is amazing. 
Thank you so much for the call tonight, Sarah. I don't even know how to... Sarah never got that... hit by a car, not even once. I Richard, she never says that shot. about things that like yeah. are totally not normal. I've like, never like, been oh, shot, I, not I've, even I've, once. Yeah, I've never been hit by a car, like as if that is supposed to happen frequently. <laughs> Do you think that's why she said not even once that he had never been shot, not even once? It's because of that? It's <laughs> probably just was, the way she normally talks. I think that's talks. just how she talks, yeah. So so we made her a, a flyer, for those who don't know. Uh, a certificate. A certificate, yes. An award, you. you might say. A Sarah, plaque. Sarah is a pedestrian, a lifelong, well, not a pede- well, not a lifelong pedestrian, a pedestrian for 22 years in the, the state of New Mexico. Oh. I was wondering why I said 22 years. I was like, she's older than that, yeah. so. That's just what she said. <laughs> she's been a pedestrian in the state of New Mexico, and that's where it's dangerous, apparently. And uh, I could believe it in 22 years of being a pedestrian there. She has never been hit by a car, not even once. And that's her. That's her, you know, so claim to fame. Yes. Thank you. That's that's her great accomplishment. I've never been abducted by an alien. Not even once. Nope. I've I've. Yeah. Same. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for the call tonight, Sarah. And, you know, I'm glad that Richard has never been, you know, shot. Not even once. The Vietnam War, I, I, and I, you know, I don't want to make fun of Richard. Certainly, I, I, I like Richard. He seems like a really nice guy. There are other things that can give you PTSD from being in a war than even just physically being shot. Oh my gosh, yeah, so many things. Yeah, the Vietnam War, as I understand it, well, I mean, just being there was a I mean, traumatic experience. And Vietnam was especially gruesome. I mean, every war is horrible, and I'm sure anyone that goes off to war could have lifelong psychological effects from that. Uh, but Vietnam was especially really gruesome. Yeah, look up some of the traps and things like that that were in use during the Vietnam Wars. I mean, they, they were absolutely horrifying. Mm-hmm. And you, you could just be walking, yeah. right? Just going from A to B. And there's a trap and it's a shotgun shell and it, it explodes. And now you don't have a foot anymore. Yeah. Or or the the snake traps, and I don't remember how these worked, but it was you know they, something about a oh, tunnel, the snake pits, or whatever. You well, mean there, with those? There were those as up? well, but I mean there were those as well. There yeah. were a lot of traps, but this one they they were in tunnels, and as they were fleeing the Vietnamese people, the North Vietnamese, they would like <gasps> nail a snake basically to the top of the tunnel. So what? obviously, whenever someone went by it, the snake would lash out and bite them, and well, then you would die heck? slowly from this poisonous snake bite or venomous oh, snake bite. Just Hor- horrifying, gruesome, gruesome yeah. stuff, right? And like, people were drafted to to do this. Yeah, it- people were forced against their will. It wasn't like they signed up for the military and you know were consensually doing this. A lot of people were forced into it. It's terrible. And I would oppose this on any grounds, but the fact that it was the conscription and the people were drafted to do this against their will—absolutely horrifying, disgusting, despicable behavior. And I, I, I think the people responsible they. I have a hard time forgiving them. 603-283-6160. There's more coming up here. It is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, and you can still join us. If you're quick, you can get on the air with us, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. 
And us, of course, is me, Aria. Nikki. And Bonnie. And again, I want to let you know about our chat server. You can find it at chat.freetalklive.com. That's our official chat server. And as much as anything is official in regard to Free Talk Live, which is to say that this is the one that we promote, there may actually be another chat server out there that's calling itself the unofficial chat server. It seems very unlikely, but if there is more power to those people, chat.freetalklive.com, that's where you want to go. And you can join the trolls there because a lot of them are trolls. Some of them are pretty entertaining. Sometimes they're not so entertaining. If you like Turd Ferguson's calls, he's a resident troll there. A resident? He is uh, among some of the others. He has a number of groups there that where he posts a lot of... They're not, not safe for work pics of girls, but they're pretty close on Sometimes occasion. they are, and I'm just like, Turd, this isn't why I joined this. I joined this because I have nobody to talk about pop stars with, but Turd genuinely cares about pop. Does he? Is that- well, I'm in a movie... Th- uh, sorry, a movie stars one with him that I think you're in. Maybe you're not okay. in the pop star one. He calls it... Katy Perry and other teen sexy pop stars. I think I'm in that one. <laughs> and I'm I'm in the Mila, whatever her name is. Oh, Mila Judge Kunis? Kunis no. Yeah. no. The one from The Fifth Element. Oh, I, I thought she was is. the chick from Resident Evil. Oh, yeah. Is that not the same person? Mila I, Jojovich? I have no idea. I think it is. Okay. I really am not the biggest fan of hers or something. Yeah, same. I, I mean, think she is pretty, but she would not be my first movie theater or movie uh, actress choice. In fact, Mila Kunis is way higher up. There. Oh, good lord, yes, Mila Kunis is. Yeah, is quite nice. They're both Ukrainian, I think. <laughs> uh, oh, Kate, is she? I didn't know that. Mila think, is, but I don't know about Mila Jojovich. I think she is. I think Katie I McGrath is. is probably my favorite actress. I don't know that one. Uh, she played Morgana in the BBC's adaptation of Merlin. That's the only thing I've ever seen her in, and she's stunningly beautiful and a fantastic actress. I would definitely recommend that series for anyone who hasn't seen it. But anyway, uh, let's keep going with the stories. I I wanted to talk about a number of things tonight. Of course, we're running out of time to talk about everything that we want to talk about. So let's just get into this final story here from, oddly enough, the, I, I say oddly enough, the Garrison Center. A friend of mine, uh, Tom Knapp, runs the garrisoncenter.org and this is a it's an interesting take on on the balloons that are the hmm. the the nightmarish scenario, right? The Chinese balloons that are spying on Americans and like, look, you have TikTok installed on your phone. I don't think you really need to worry about the balloon spying and on you. That's what I'm saying. I, it's just so easy for them to spy on us through Google, all of these other internet yeah. computer apps. Why would they even bother trying to look at us? Yeah, from the from the sky away. They're not going to gain any information about me from looking at the top of my house. The fact that anybody fell from this, like I would believe that they were trying to drop a bomb on us before I'd believe yeah. that that was a spy balloon. You know what I mean? So it's just very interesting that like, and when you be. They- more mad at the United States government for shutting or shooting it down once it went from like Montana to North Carolina. Yeah, like why did it take so long? There's just so many things about that. It's all very weird to say nothing of the Chinese spy satellites that we know exist, yeah. right? Like the Chinese government absolutely has satellites in in orbit around the planet, and they are absolutely some of them 
are absolutely watching the United States. So, like, what were they supposedly gaining from this balloon that they weren't gaining from their satellites? It's all very peculiar. It's a low-tech-looking balloon that I mean, could have just yeah. gotten taken out by some birds on accident. It's it's really was just a distraction of all of the other countless things yeah. that Americans and the rest of the world should be paying attention to that they aren't, and they are so easy to distract. So this is coming from the garrisoncenter.org. So go check that out if you like what the article we're about to get into has to say. They're over Alaska. They're over Montana. They're over Lake Huron. They're over... Oh, wait. They just got shot down. Woo! That was close. Tesla's engineers are gathering this week in Washington with an eye on dramatically improving their vehicle's acceleration profiles by studying how fast the U.S. government managed to get from, quote, nothing there to, quote, balloon of some kind, to spy balloon, to unidentified aerial phenomena. Because that was the arc that this thing took, right? Mm -hmm. It went from, ah, there is nothing there, don't worry about it. And then it was a a balloon of some sort. Then it was a Chinese spy balloon, then unidentified aerial phenomena. The UAP, as they call it, the new term for UFO. To seemingly flying squadrons of military aircraft over every child's birthday party, and using expensive missiles to take down stray helium containers, which is what the United States government did, didn't they? Didn't they shoot these things down? Yeah. Or this thing down? Because I don't know how many there were, but there was at least one. And I don't know if there were more. Do either of you know? I only heard about one. And then there was one that flew over China that they were trying to say was a UFO. And I was like, oh, here it comes, the fake alien invasion that they're going to use to do whatever with. I really just didn't care enough to actually like look at articles about it. I just went off what I saw on Twitter. It's just like I was like, this is so dumb. It's not that I don't care. It's just that I'm, I don't know enough about it and I'm not going to learn enough about it by reading news stories because yeah. they're not going to tell me anything. All they're going to do at most is speculate about yeah. it. And like, I don't need... That, and if yeah, I can speculate myself, right? We can sit yeah. here and speculate all day. <laughs> and if that's all I'm going to get about it, then why not just stick with whatever random tweets I happen to see? They're yeah. going to be just as good. The random people tweeting about this Chinese spy balloon are every bit as knowledgeable and reliable as Fox News tweeting about this stupid Chinese spy balloon. So, And I would trust that a random Twitter account has less bias than t- FoxNews.com anyway. Honestly, yeah. And that's scary, but you're absolutely right. Fox News does have a narrative. They, they have an agenda, and so does this person on Twitter, obviously, but the person on Twitter is going to be less defined by their agenda. So anyway... From, you know, an abundance of caution. That's why we shot down, or that's why the U.S. government shot down these spy balloons or these balloons of some sort, whatever you want to call them. It was just an abundance of caution, just being safe. You know, After it flew across the entire United States, we abundant, with abundant caution, shot it down. Wasn't that strange that it took them so long after, you know, it's like, if this thing was an actual threat, they they let it carry on for a long time before yeah. they finally did no. something about it. And I only it. heard that from Matt, Nikki's boyfriend, because I thought that they shot it. When I heard that they shot it down, I figured they shot it down while it was still in Montana. But no, no they shot it down on the other coast of the United States in like you know, North Carolina. And I feel like they would have 
if it was really unidentified to them or they thought it was from China or wherever, they would have shot that down immediately. Right. I think so, too. They clearly... I, I think the United States released that themselves. Me and too. it was just another distraction because they were doing all this other sketchy stuff. So I, I wasn't aware of this. They let the thing traverse across the entire yeah. United States before they finally shot it down on the East Coast. Yeah, and it was yeah. a spy balloon. They let it finish spying. Why even shoot it down at that yeah. point? Just let it fly over to Africa. Yeah, let it finish its job, right? Good Lord, that's crazy. Okay. We, and there's more of this coming up. But before we get into that, we have Major Payne on the line uh, from Michigan. Major, you're on Free Talk Live. All right, girls. Yeah, the first, the first balloon they shot down, they're claiming the reason that they didn't shoot it down for so long was populated areas. And we both know in Montana that's BS. I know. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. In Montana. I was like, why wouldn't they do it while it was in Montana where if it's going to hit anything, it's going to hit a cow? <laughs> oh, it came in on the Aleutian Islands in Alaska. It should have been shot down before it hit the Alaskan coast. But this mm-hmm. thing was cruising at well, 60,000 feet. Why right? shoot it down, right? It's just a balloon. Well, if they know, just didn't want to risk it and that was, it was an abundance of caution, like they said, then they should have done it as early as possible and, you know, not in a populated area. Let me get to the second point. This thing was cruising at 60,000 feet which is about 20,000 feet above all the commercial aircraft. Okay. Now, there was three of these things that were shot down. One was shot down just off of the coast of Dead Horse, Alaska. It's up on the North Shore. See, I thought there were and multiple one, ones that were shot down. One that was shot down in Lake Huron was only 50 miles from where I sit right now. Hmm. Okay. But, uh... And the significance of that is Why what, does it exactly? matter that it's 60,000 feet? The, the the other ones were cruising at about 40,000, and that is in uh, where it could endanger commercial flight. And sure. that's the one that went all the way from the West Coast to North Carolina, so I guess it was just endangering commercial commercial flights, flights the whole time. No, no, that's the, that's the one that was at 60,000 feet. That's what the one they claimed was above all the air traffic. The I, other two were... Oh, okay. Got but, it. Uh, there was they, they claimed that the other two were non-propelled and just basically at the mercy of the wind. I only saw one report on it, but I saw a map of the course that this thing took over Michigan, and it made all kinds of little squirrelies and circles and adjustments, and it squiggled all over the northern part of the peninsula. And one of the biggest air bases is in the UP, and the second biggest one is 20 miles from me. And that's what they were after. They're after aerial photography of our defenses. I mean, maybe, but there's there's a lot of little drafts up there, a lot of little currents. I'm not surprised that something, you know, 60,000 feet above the ground was constantly changing directions and getting blown around. I'm surprised it was as consistent as it was traveling. You guys are stuck stuck on the 60. The other two were down about 40 or 30. Okay, so regardless of what elevation it was at, it's a balloon. Why wouldn't it blow around? But you're missing the point, Major Payne, that they already have greater technology in the form of these satellites to spy on us, so they wouldn't need to release an obvious balloon where they were going to get, you know, attract heat or anything. They probably have been spying at the Upper Peninsula, uh, Peninsula if it's that important. You know what I think happened? I think this was like a science project that some kids were doing. So they released these balloons up into the sky <laughs> and then were like, oh, crap. I'm not now saying Now we're anything. making national news. Yeah. I'm not saying I did it. 
The, well, I think Plan B is probably it was a distraction for something else as they're pulling out of their left sleeve. But we got to figure that one out. China yeah, or the I United States? Know. I mean, they're one and the same. Thank you so much for the call tonight, Major. I we're never going to know now what what these things were all about. I mean, we were never going to know anyway because even if the government had intercepted one of these and studied it. They would probably lie to us yeah. about what it what actually was actually doing. And I mean, I can't trust the American government. But if they found a balloon and it was just a balloon, they would probably tell us it was spying on us, or you know, yeah. it, it was going to drop sarin on the Washington D.C. Who who knows what sort of crazy lies they Honestly, would have said? If, if they just told me, oh, it's just a balloon, I would have been like, that can't possibly be it. It's got to be doing something <laughs> more because I don't trust. I mean, who? Yeah. Blames me. I mean, they you'd did be MKUltra. a fool to trust them. Yeah. Everything the government says is a lie. Yeah. So anything they say about the balloon is going to be a lie. We, well, we wouldn't want the Chinese to find out about those low, low prices at Walmart in Billings, Montana. <laughs> on pretty much everything but the giant sub $100 helium balloons, which U.S. Senator Josh Hawley finds very disturbing. I didn't quite catch on that paragraph i'm sure there's some sort of reference there that i just don't understand because ironically the low prices in walmart and billings montana are thanks to the chinese they are indeed <laughs> That's true there were a lot of links in that paragraph that i assume provide context to that this is always one of the i i hate walmart because i just hate the atmosphere but I'm torn. Like when you when I go to Walmart and I see all of this stuff being sold for these super super low prices, I know some part of me knows that this is this is child labor. Yeah, it's the yeah exactly that we're dealing with. And I I I won't buy Nike for these reasons. Mm-hmm. We know that Nike uses child labor, but even, China is a bit more advanced than that these days. I don't think they're using child labor. There there are probably still sweatshops, but the prop. The thing about these sweatshops and the the labor in China is that as you pay people to do jobs, they start making money and they stop being poor. Yeah, Yeah. that's what I was thinking. It doesn't bother me that something comes to a sweatshop. It only bothers me if it's forced. Like, forced child labor, bad. Forced sweatshop working, bad. If somebody is choosing to work in a sweatshop, that means that their other option is worse. That's That's very true. And eventually they'll make enough money and they won't have to work in a sweatshop. And we've seen this. This is why it's not a bad idea. It's a good thing. It lifts these people up to hire them to perform these tasks. And we're like, oh, no, you know, we're we're having the Chinese work as sweatshops or whatever. It's like, yes, but they were living in poverty before. Mm -hmm. And now they're not living in poverty. This is a good thing. It's going to be less and less true as she rolls back the capitalist stuff that was going on and becomes more communist. So it kind of sucks. Like, can't always count on it. But for the most part, I mean, as long as it's not forced, then it's probably better than their other option. I agree. And sometimes it is forced. Like, you read these stories, I think it was the Apple factory in China, people trying to jump out of windows (gasps) and stuff because they weren't allowed to go home. Oh, yeah, during the lockdowns. Well, no, this oh, was before but... the lockdowns. This oh, was in like really? 2012 or something. They had oh, a... my gosh. No, I didn't hear about Maybe that. it was Foxconn. They put nets around the building because what? people were jumping to their deaths. Oh, and, my you know, gosh. It's effectively slavery, but that's, yeah. that's rare, and it's not all that common, and it's deplorable, and it should never happen. Did Apple stop that? 
I don't know. And I don't think it was Apple. I, oh. I, but I think it was Foxconn. For whatever reason, Foxconn is sticking in my head as the company that was responsible for that. And I don't know if they put a stop to it or not. But China has improved drastically over the last several decades. And the reason for that is capitalism. Capitalism lifts everyone out of poverty. And that's that's one of the, it's so hard to explain this to people like Sarah and just mm-hmm. communists in general who they look around and they're like, well, we still have poor people in America. And it's like, yeah, but they're, have- the thing is, whether you're poor or not, you're able to make that decision of what you are doing for work. And well, a lot no of co- one is almost no one is poor in America. And even if you are poor, you can. There are resources here because there's enough abundance to go around. But in communist countries, that's just not the case at all. And it it just baffles me that people don't see that because look at Cuba, look at Venezuela, look at China, look at North Korea. Like, well, we can't really look at North Korea that well, but you can look at all of these examples of communism gone wrong, the Soviet Union. And the worst off people in the United States are that way because of communist things going on in their cities and stuff. Like as soon as the slaves were uh, freed, they were offered, you know, like free housing and stuff that just stifled them even more. Like, um, sounds crazy to people who are like, what? You don't think the slaves should have been offered free housing straight out of slavery? Well, it literally hurt them. Mm-hmm. I mean, it it stifled um, innovation. And also they gave them unfarmable lots. Like, yeah, you got something for free, but you also immediately are dependent on the government. And it just stuck like that in, in a lot of places. Well, I, I can't really speak to that. But one of the arguments I've always made is that capitalism lists people out of property, uh, out of poverty. It makes everyone wealthier, and it, and it does, as far as I can tell. But they go, how? But how can you say that we still have poor people in the United States? And but, but we don't. I mean, sure, there are some people who are starving to death. There are some people who live in poverty in the United States, and I don't mean to suggest that they aren't. By and large, those people are choosing that lifestyle. A lot of the people who are homeless, they're, they're, if they're not mentally ill, then they've specifically chosen to be homeless because they don't they don't want to deal with the stress of having to work yeah. and you know pay bills or whatever. But the I can't remember the last time I went to someone's house and they did not have at least a forty five inch television in their house. At That's least a great point. One of them, and this is a tech. This is a technology that is abundant and available in to almost everyone in the United States and 30 years for cheap ago too you can go to Walmart and yeah, get one for like you know 30 years ago that wasn't possible mm-hmm. you may have had a big CRTV that was like 19 inches and it cost three or four hundred bucks or whatever and that was what the family used but everyone now has a cell phone they have a laptop they, they smoke cigarettes television. and drink alcohol all the time, but they think they're poor. Well, and that's, and it's none of my business what people spend their money on, but yeah. I've noticed this a lot where people will cry poverty and then I see what they're buying their kids for Christmas or yeah, that they have addictions that cost money like cigarettes and soda and you know, they're, they're partaking in all of these things I mean, that are unnecessary it's an addiction, though. I'm not going to say yeah. it's unnecessary. I've been addicted to, to cigarettes, right? I, I, I'm not going to criticize these but people if you, for having this but addiction. But if you're but I, in Africa and you're poor and 
even if you had access to c- you're cigarettes, you're not spending then, your money on that. You're just right? like, sorry, yeah. I need water. So, it's and just different. And in it's America. like I'm not trying to judge anyone or really criticize anyone, but it's just the fact of the matter. If you're starving to death, are you picking a pack of cigarettes or are you picking food? You know, people who are yeah. truly starving to death will not pick the pack of cigarettes. No, you uh, obviously not. You know. Everything has a cost, right? And this is this is a tricky thing about capitalism and just money in general, right? How much is a steak really worth? People don't really know, but it depends is ultimately the answer. If I'm starving to death, there's almost no value that I wouldn't pay for that steak. I'll give you up whatever because yeah. I'm starving to death. And at that point, I'm probably going to die anyway. Yeah. Having one steak when you're that far off probably isn't going to help you. But still, the point is that if you're starving, then the value of food is tremendously higher than it is otherwise. If you have plenty of food, then what's a steak worth to you? Yeah. I don't know, five bucks maybe? Yeah. But if it's all you've got to eat, then it's worth the whole lot. And that's just the way things are. But in America, there's plenty of food. There's plenty of stuff to go around. Everyone has money for the most part and if you don't have money it's because you're Kim when you say something I'm not feeling very well yeah so I mean I think a lot of the people who are in those situations and I don't want to say that people are you know like that it's their fault if they're suffering from things like addiction or PTSD or mental illness it might not be their fault like that it happened in the first place but it's their responsibility now because if something is wrong in your life it's no one else's responsibility to fix it it doesn't matter if the person who caused it it's not their responsibility either sounds crazy but it's it's not their responsibility because it's your life that needs to be to improve and um sounds harsh but a lot of times what these people need is literally harsh well i mean my brother his life is so bad because my mom and grandparents who raised him just gave him everything he wanted like mm -hmm. oh you spent all your money on meth i feel bad for you let me buy you new clothes and stuff instead of like wow sucks you need to go get a job but and i and i do think like a lot of people who are suffering with addiction or mental illness or whatever the case may be i think a lot of them do need help you know, not always not like babying them and, you know, contributing to the problem. A lot of people do need help, but it's not like the government cannot be the solution for the help that they need. You know, like there are plenty of people who are super generous. There are plenty of privately run organizations. And like we mentioned earlier, if the government and their regulations just steps out of the way, it will be so much easier for people to be charitable and for people and for people to truly get the help that they need. And that help is just going to be better quality. Like if it's just coming from the love of somebody's heart that yeah. they started this charity, it's going to be so much better than anything the government's going to put out because they don't care about you. They they have those charities so that way you're dependent on them. Yeah. They, they put out the lowest possible, you know, bunk beds without rails like Sarah's always talking about just so that way they say they have that thing for people, but they don't actually care. Yeah. No, and the individuals out there that actually care. They, American people in general are good. People care about one another and they want to help one another. And it's it's tragic that you can't just have a halfway house. You can't just have these places to help one another. You have to ask the government permission. And that's one of the greatest tragedies in human history. And 
it, it, we just accept it as normal. Sarah accepted it as normal that, you know, well, they, of course they have to ask the government's permission to help one another. We shouldn't have to. You should be free to help one another. We're out of time for tonight. You can join us in the meantime on our social media server. You can find that at social.freetalklive.com.